Fallon. Morning, four minutes past four. Found hanged in the bathroom. Found ha- The more I thought about that, the more I thought, what? Because, so it appeared he was hanged, there was no struggle. This was, this was two days ago. You'd have thought when they saw him, if he was found hanged, he would have the rope around his neck. Would that not be the giveaway? But they have to close off all the roads to work out how he died. Would the rope not be an indication? Unless he was playing cowboys and Indians and doing lassoing. I mean, they must think we're stupid or something. Work it out for yourself. He's found dead in his house and they go, we're trying to work out if there are any suspicious circumstances. Now they've come back two days later and said he appears to have been hanged. Well, unless he sort of hanged himself, dropped to the bathroom floor and unhitched the rope and threw it out the window, I'm failing to actually understand how this can be true. I mean, it's the most unlikely thing I've ever heard of. It's like, well, do you remember years ago, you used to get those scenarios and they go, a man is found, there's a hut in the middle of a desert. He is found hanged, but inside there is no chair, nothing else, and outside is a refrigerated lorry. And you've got to work out how he hanged himself. Because he's found hanging from a beam, but there's no indication as to how he got there or anything like that. And the same with this, this man who is found dead in his house. The police seal off all the roads. They start testing for toxicity. And we've got nuclear tests and everything else going on. under. No, there's no danger to anybody else. You'd have thought the fact he was lying there on the bathroom floor with a noose around his neck would be the indicator. Would it not be? I mean, call me naive if you like. I mean, this becomes more James Bond by the day. So he was found hanged, but it's taken them two days to work out the rope that's round his neck. I mean, there would be a mark, would there not? You know, when somebody dies through hanging, I know exactly how it works, because I've, I've sort of read up about it, because I'm an educated person. It's very bizarre, isn't it? It becomes even more bizarre now. Is this a cover-up by MI5? They go, oh, just push it under the carpet, for God's sake. Listen, he hanged, he was hanged. Well, why didn't you know that on day one? He was found hanging in the bathroom. Although, to be honest with you, he wasn't exactly a lightweight person, was he? I'm assuming he must... If, if he threw it round the towel rail, can't have lasted very long on that one, and there would be a noose round his neck. You would see that. I don't quite understand how it works. Anyway, of course, I mean, all that's... That, that's neither here nor there. It's anyone who realise that the front page of The Sun this morning is possibly one of the, the saddest stories you'll ever read. It's a wannabe model. Her name is Josie Cunningham. She is a minger. I don't want to be rude, ladies and gentlemen, but by God, if she, she says um, she's been given, because she went to the NHS, oh, we've got small boobs, and, and now she's got big boobs, and you've, you've paid for them. She had a £4,800 operation, because apparently it was affecting her life. She's a call centre girl. I think that's what they've said. And uh, here she is. She is possibly... I mean, you know, when you look at somebody and you go, darling, you don't have the looks to be a model. I mean, to be honest, you know, I don't want to be rude about it, but I'm going to have to be, because this is the kind of thing. There are people dying in the NHS because they cannot get the drugs they want, and some wannabe model, for that read, dear God in heaven, if that's what models look like nowadays, there is hope for all of us. She can't do her eyebrows, her lipstick's the wrong colour, she's got a minging face. I mean, she is commonly known as, that'll be the last one you pick up on the Friday night. I don't want to be rude about it, but this woman has had £4,800 worth on the NHS. She works. Why can't she save like the rest of us? Because apparently... Wait, wait for this. She's so intelligent. It gets better. It gets better inside. And um, 
She says, my new boobs have changed my life. Now I want to be the new Katie Price. Katie Price, I should imagine, must be wetting herself laughing. Because if this serious baggage thinks that she's anywhere near Katie Price, she's so delusional, it's embarrassing. Even the picture inside, they put her in. She's got... Oh, that's always oh, good. She's got a tattoo on her wrist. Oh, great. So, probably one on the back as well, I should imagine. So, she's gone for 36 double D. But the trouble is, if you're, if you're unattractive, you're not going to be a model. OK, love? You know, you don't look like Katie Price. Your eyebrows look ridiculous. You look cheap. You look tarty. And uh, she says, I want the world to see my new breasts. I'll get money and fame like Katie Price. The only thing you'll be doing, darling, are 35mm pornographic movies. You're not going to be doing anything else in the, in the glamour line or anything like that. You just don't have the looks. You do not have the looks for it. I mean, I wish I could tell you you did, but you don't. But anyway, she says here she's already been up to London. And, uh, and she's been out to various places. She said, um, uh, my f- um, I already have showbiz connections... Wait for this. This is her showbiz connections. Hold back. Hold back. She says, my friend's boyfriend was a contestant on The Apprentice, and I'd been to clubs like Trader Vic's. Poppy, I don't have to explain this to you. Trader Vic's is a restaurant at the Hilton. OK? I'm not sure whether or not you are as dumb as you sound. And, and I've been to... And I've even been to the Dorchester Hotel. No. Oh, dear. Ooh, blimey. Well, that's racy-pacey, isn't it? But uh, she's on nine grand a year. I'm assuming the staff at the Dorchester saw her walking in and go, watch that one. She doesn't look like a Dorchester client at all. I mean, she's just... She just looks awful. She just looks awful. I mean, but isn't it, isn't it sad that she says, I'll get money and fame like Katie Price? Darling, <laughs> that's it. It's finished. You know, so you've got bigger boobs. And you, you don't seriously look at yourself, do you? You've got eyebrows like gay Bobby in The Only Way is Essex. And you know how unattractive he is. She's roughly the same. Don't take my word for it. The producer and I looked this morning and we went, oh, my God. It's just the fact that the NHS, pardon me, has given her an operation when there are people dying because they can't get the drugs because they won't spend the money on it. And yet they'll give a pair of boobs to a girl like this who, you know, because she felt insecure. My God, we're going to have an avalanche of people, aren't we? I felt insecure. I was very insecure this morning, ladies and gentlemen, because I came out and I wasn't six foot three. I want an operation to be taller or a new pair of shoes. And I'm going to claim it on the NHS. It's their fault that I'm not as tall as I should be. But, by God, when you look at this picture of this girl, her hair looks fake. She's really unattractive. I mean, she's... God knows she's really unattractive. Katie Price will be going, I don't really think so. I don't really think so, love. Uh, Other stories in the papers today. It's interesting that Boris Johnson uh, confessed he was... Sucker punched by the BBC in a car crash interview. This is Eddie Mayer. And he said he'd done a splendid job in unleashing a string of personal questions that left him floundering. That's what Eddie Mayer's job is supposed to be. That's what he does. He's also a big fan of LBC. Okay, that's all I could tell you. I could just tell you that Eddie Mayer came to one of my shows in uh, Croydon. And every so often I get a text from him. I didn't get one yesterday, actually. I thought I was going to get one yesterday, but I didn't get one the other day. Um, Then they've got One Direction during a prank on Saturday's show. They, they have a new video out, One Direction, which is quite interesting. And it's, um, it's them singing, it's got... Well, I say it's them, it's them miming, I'm afraid. I don't want to actually pretend that they sing. And they've got David Cameron in it, and a load of poor children who have no idea who that... Is that not new? I thought it was new. This is their new... Well, it's new. We've just had comic relief. That's new. 
And they've got lots of poor little children who, feature, who don't know who One Direction are, but they're being manip- sorry used, uh, sorry uh, helped in the in the DVD. So they all feature as well, so that One Direction can prance around them. Woman here. This is um, is she the most well-off doll claimant? She's a mum of three. She's caught up in a benefit package trap. With she gets the equivalent of seventy thousand pounds a year. How is this made up? What she gets a month, she gets housing benefit, one thousand four hundred, council tax, one hundred and fifty-two pounds, tax credits, four hundred and three, employment and support allowance, three nine four, school travel expenses, one eighty, dental, eye care, school trips, two hundred, first child's university fees and book bursary, three five nine, and then the and from October she gets a second child's bursary, so she gets just under four grand a month. It's unbelievable. Sharon Minkin, her name is. She's an aspiring novelist. For that reason, she hasn't sold diddly squat. OK, so she's a doll claimant. But mind you, I suppose you have to ask the question, don't you? If it's available and they go, well, that's what you're entitled to, then you take it. I don't quite understand why you, why you wouldn't want to take it. North Korean's dictator, Kim Jong-un, that'll be the fat, ugly one, sits in front of a big red button after he's issued a chilling threat to blitz UK... Sorry, US nuclear bases... He said, why are they all ugly? It's an ugly day today. I mean, has everybody been in the ugly orchard and fallen through the trees? I mean, poor little Kim Jong-un. I mean, you need to eat more at the salad bar, pal. And as for the poor girl on the front of the sun this morning, I feel heartily sick, I'm afraid. Heartily sick. But uh, I go back to the the story that we heard on the... Oh, 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 oh. The gadget competition. Ah, oh. Oh, you like the gadget competition today. And you wait till you discover who won yesterday. I should tell you in about 30 minutes' time, but you'll, you'll want the gadget for today. In fact, you want the gadget every day, I've discovered, which is quite good. Uh, Bob says, um, it's who and or how the rope got around his neck, hence the sentence, no sign of a struggle. Yeah, but you thought they'd have known this on day one, Bob. This is day two. Day two. And they go into the house and they go, and they will be trying to find out how he died. Well... Slumped on the floor with a rope round your neck would be the indicator, wouldn't it? You know, it's like if, you, if you've got a, you know, a 12-inch blade sticking out your shoulder, that would be the clue. You know, and the rope. You know, no sign of a struggle, so they go, uh, OK, comrade, hang yourself, please. You know, I mean, and where is her in the bathroom? I don't know about you, but I've only got a shower rail. And to be honest with you, I mean, it, it wouldn't hold up the weight of sooty and sweep combined. It holds a shower curtain, an attractive look in the best of times. But uh, but no sign of a struggle, so they didn't obviously force him to do it. So he did it by himself, but they would know that straight away, wouldn't they? Perhaps I'm just being naive, actually. But it was the way they cordoned off all the roads. There's quite clearly more to this than meets the eye, isn't there? You bet your five, but bet your bottom dollar has been a few men in there with talking brooches on, going, uh, yeah, OK, you can clear. And they left the body there for a couple of days, so they quite clearly weren't too sure themselves. 84850, uk. Uh, I enjoyed watching the Boris documentary on uh, last night on the telly. Love him or hate him, he is a larger-than-life character. I don't think, says Neil, that the public trusts many MPs for lots of different reasons, but you have to admire the way that Boris certainly has a way of getting a lot of people on side, regardless of some of the goofs that he's publicly made. Whether you like his policies or not, he's not afraid to say what he thinks. I wonder if he'll ever become Prime Minister. Looking at the recent residents of Number 10, we could certainly do a lot worse, couldn't we? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. I don't think I'd have any problem. Would you have any problem with Boris being Prime Minister? I mean, he's a bit accident-prone and gaff, but, but there again, so's everybody. Look at Pippa Middleton. 
God's sake, I mean, honestly, what an embarrassment to the whole Middleton family. Poor soul. I mean, a woman with no discernible talent in her little finger. Boris, at least, you know, is man of the people. People like Boris. He's a buffoon. It doesn't matter. People like him. You know, his father's a bit racy-pacey, but no, I like Boris. I like, I like him as London Mayor, put it that way. I definitely like him as London Mayor. I think he's done really, really well. And, uh, and so, whether he becomes Prime Minister, it's in the lap of the gods. Perhaps we should pray. Duncan Barks was talking about praying. Have you ever prayed? Have you ever prayed, producer? Have you prayed? Have you prayed? What did you pray for, Popper? Did you pray for something interesting? Oh, 20, 20 years ago you prayed. I pray every morning. Every morning when I get up. Dear baby Jesus, make me funny today on the programme. Please. And, you know, every day he's quite clearly not listening. This is... Eight minutes past four. It's... Jude, I've got to have a new battery in the car. Today, so I've got, we've got, actually, I've, I've managed to get two guests in for In Conversation. We've, actually, we've got quite a number of In Conversations in the can at the moment, as they call it, even though it, they're not in a can at all, they're actually on the computer, they don't really exist, they're sort of ethereal, they're sort of floating around in ether somewhere. So today we've got celebrity chef James Martin and actor Rufus Sewell, who is like everywhere, he is like hot property at the moment. And all I've got to offer them is a little tiny studio next door, a little tiny booth, because all the other studios are taken up and classic... Our sister station, well, it's not really our sister station at all, but they're in the same same corridor. They're having their studios done up, so that takes the studio out of... And so I'm really struggling as to where to put them. And I'm not really sure I can cope, because James Martin is like six foot three. He's enormous. And Rufus Sewell I've never met, but he comes from Twickenham, apparently. So, And he's on stage every night. So, in fact, he's coming in at nine o'clock this morning. And you think to yourself, that that's some going, you know, to be on stage, go home, unwind, come in. That shows dedication. So uh, I've done James Martin before. I've never met Rufus Sewell. I said to somebody a short while ago, I said, what's he like? And they went, oh, you're going to really like him. He's really good. So I'm very much looking forward to that. So they're all, James, I think, is in at eight o'clock this morning. They're starting him early, aren't they? So we, we'll have him from eight till half past. Then we get a, a quick break uh, because Rufus Sewell is in the West End at the moment. He's in a, I think it's, a, he's at the Pinter Theatre. And he's also got a film out. So he's really, really busy. And then I've got to rush home get the car, go down the garage, have the new battery fitted, which takes, like, you know, two minutes, I think. We've just got to sort of empty the boot a little bit. And uh, and then we um, put the new battery in. And then I've got to rush home, sort out my clothes for Thursday for the funeral. It's going to be quite a week this week, isn't it? And in between that, I've got to tell you what the gadget competition is for today. Oh, it's lovely. <laughs> it's a really good one. I'm, I'm looking at the questions. You know, honestly, the que- I sit here and I look at the questions, and every day... Uh, yesterday we read out the question and I thought, I wonder if I know what it means. And, uh, well, I've, I wonder if I know the answer. And, you know, I didn't know the answer yesterday because I think it was phrased in such a way that I didn't... And yet when I look at the answer, I think, oh, goodness, man, honestly, how daft are you? Uh, Kevin says, in yesterday's gadget competition, I guess the young donkey was called Fred. Did I win? <laughs> yes. That's like that, um, that white horse, isn't it, that wanders into the pub. And, and the barman says, um... Hello, he says, we've got a whiskey named after you. And the white horse looks at him and goes, what, Eric? <laughs> Which I thought was quite good. Eric's just such a funny name, isn't it, with apologies to Eric's. But it is, it's sort of, oh, right, the producer's granddad's called Eric. Is he still with us or is he sitting, he's on a cloud, is he? Oh, it doesn't make any difference then. It's a silly name. <laughs> it's, it's a funny name, isn't it? When you look at a white horse, you think it's called Eric. So when, when Kevin says, you know, a donkey called Fred. <laughs> Ethel or something like that. I used to love pictures of donkeys years ago. They used to put them in straw hats with their ears pulled through. It's the kind of thing you find on the beach at Cambridge. Oh, sorry, I do beg your pardon. Cambridge doesn't have a beach, does it? Or anything. 
It's just got a load of pretty little punts and canoes. And um, and that's quite nice, isn't it, for the university students? They have canoes, I think, up there. You know that kind of stuff. It's, it's when students dress up, and I'm quite sure that Cambridge students must dress up, and they've got punts and everything else. And they must have canoes as well. They've got a bit of water. If you've got a bit of water, they've probably got a lilo too, a blow up Eric or something like that. You know, it'd be quite a nice thing. Bob around there. Uh, Patrick says, "I see what you mean about that girl in the sun. She looks like one of those brats dolls." Probably get, she does, doesn't she? In fact, actually, to be honest with you, the brat stole someone. I love to think she thinks she looks attractive. She thinks she's enough to make it as a, as a glamour model. Just having big boobs, love, is not glamour model. And in fact, if you ask most of the agencies now, they don't want people who've been surgically enhanced. They want the natural look. Eight four eight five zero. Steve at LBC dot co dot uk. And uh, somebody's come down with with throat. Bugs? How long do they last? Weeks. Weeks. Six weeks my throat lasted. Was it six, five to six weeks on this programme? The cough, everything. Much, much better now, thank you. Johnny says, they must think we're very naive. They said when the paramedics arrived out at uh, this Russian oligarch's house, the radioactive alarms were triggered. What? The radioactive alarm? Have you heard of such a thing, ladies and gentlemen, in a house? Most of us just got a doorbell. You know, ding dong, he's got radioactive alarm, which is very interesting. Um, 84850, uk. Today, says Dawn, I went to the television centre with my mum for a recording of a brand new quiz show called Five Minutes to a Fortune, hosted by Davina McCall. We were there for ages. They started recording at 11.10 and finished at 20 to 3. We saw a normal pair of contestants... And and a celeb pair. Who were the celeb pair? Wait of this. Anne Dreary Widdicombe and Anton Dubeck. Two of the biggest bores in the entire world. And uh, Dawn says... She said, it was very funny. I thought of you when I saw Anton, him being your most favourite people. I know I was in Studio 8 because I'd been there before. There was no longer a Studio 8 sign above the door, though I've seen it reported. The BBC have said it's gone missing as it's closing. Apparently uh, Vernon Kay got trying, uh, caught trying to pinch the sign from his dressing room door. Nothing comes as a surprise to me with Vernon Kay. And, uh, and I'm going back to the television centre this Friday for a recording of a pilot of a show called Who's Asking? It's quite possibly the last show that will be recorded there. Apparently, Studios 1, 2 and 3 are being kept for future use once it's been redeveloped. But the rest of the BBC is being redeveloped into a leisure centre with a hotel and a restaurant. God, how ghastly. How ghastly. Where will they park? Down the road, because they've got their own, uh, their own uh, parking thing. Well, the car park, couldn't remember what it was called, actually. Couldn't remember what it was called. 84850, steve at uk. Morning Steve, says uh, Jenny, baffled, of Leicester Square. She said, the woman on the front page of The Sun is no oil painting, let alone a model. What's happening to women these days? Huge fake breasts, fake hair, lips, cheek implants, face fillers, even bottom fillers. And uh, the worst thing is, the worst thing is, Jenny, that when you look at this picture of this, this ugly, and it, I'm sorry... There's no way this could ever be a model. Badly dyed eyebrows, shaped. She's quite clearly cheap trash. You can see this. Her hair is bad. She's got... I mean, she just isn't a looker. I bet you... I mean, I mean, it's not a case of... I mean, I don't know her. She comes from Leicester. It's not her fault. She starts with a... Sorry, Leeds. She starts with a bit of a handicap. But she's just not attractive. She's just not attractive. 
And it's as simple as that. You know, you look at Katie Price, no matter what you think of her, she knows how to tart herself up and make herself look like this sort of dull thing. And it's even Sam, Sam, you know, rampant heterosexual from Cambridge. Rampant. Well, not rampant, you know, like a lion or something like that. But, I mean, even he said, look at her nose. I mean, you could land Concord on this. It is, I mean, she's just not attractive. And either of the standards have dropped. I mean, she's not attractive for anything, poor soul. It's not her fault. But she thinks about having bigger boobs. She can, yeah, she should have got the nose job, shouldn't she, really? If anything was worrying you, love, I'd have got the nose job because the rest of you is just awful. It's a shame this, pro- could we send a copy of this programme to Leeds? Let's deliver it personally to the house. There's this presenter in London called Steve Allen who really thinks you've wasted NHS money. I'm sorry, I'd have given her a good slap on the back of her legs and gone, go home to your mother and save up like the rest of the world. It's like, you know, old age pensioners listening, people who need serious drugs, and they go, you know, we we have to beg, steal or borrow. She goes there and goes, I want bigger breasts. And we go, there you go, love, have have a £5,000 operation. Oh, I've been fuming. Fuming! I don't, you know, she earns nine grand a year in a call centre. You can imagine what she sounds like, can't you? Hello, love, are you that girl on the front of the sun? By God, you're ugly. I mean, you know, she can't afford her own boob job, but she does have, she's proud to tell you, a collection of Louis Vuitton bags. And and she wants a chihuahua as well. So she can't afford to save up for a... You know, I tell you, I'd have her investigated straight away. If she's on benefits, if she's on benefits, I want some answers, I'm afraid. People dying on the blooming NHS. Dreadful. Uh, 84850, steve at uk. Um... Uh, your low opinion, says one here, that, uh, of Kim Jong-un's appearance. My take is much worse. He looks like a half-wit, if not like a total moron. Well, he just inherited, didn't he, from his, uh, from his despot father. They're all mad as brooms over there, ladies and gentlemen. Completely mad as brooms. They had to show on the news after his father died, you know, people doing grief in the streets. As if they knew him, or something. You know, a, a country that lives in fear. Not half as much fear as in Mexico, though. I'm not allowed to mention Mexico. I suddenly remember one of our girls on the entertainment team sent me a text going, I'm going to Mexico next week. I've mentioned Mexico a lot, I know. Poor old Charlie, honestly. Bless her heart. But uh, Miles is in Massachusetts. He says, do you have any great affection for Easter that comes close to your mania for Christmas? No, not for Easter as, as much, I'm afraid. Christmas for me is a big thing. But whilst we down here in the scythe, uh, are saying, oh, it's very cold, and yesterday it was very cold. You know, literally, just up north, a little way, there's farmers digging their sheep out of snowdrifts. There are, you know, lambs who are coming. This is supposed to be spring, when the lambs are gambling around in the field. La, 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 la. They, they, they do a gamble here, and they disappear in a snowdrift. One minute you see a lamb, the next minute you don't. You think they, they sort of put, put lambs in coloured coats or something, like fluorescence. You could see them, because unfortunately, white on white doesn't really help. I mean, I remember my, my uncle Derek, some years ago, he used to live in, in County Durham, and the snow came down, and he had this lovely white outfit. He went out one night for a walk, got mown down by a snowplough. And I, I felt really sorry for him. So when I look at all these poor farmers on the television, trying to dig their sheep out, and they're saying, can we have some, some food airlifted in? Because these sheep are buried. He had about ten foot of snow, and we're going, oh, it's very cold, isn't it? And yesterday, true, it was very cold. It was miserable. It wasn't nice. It was a case of, you know, go in, do your bits and pieces, turn on the heating and sit there. Uh, But if your heating's broken or something like that, then you're not doing it. But we do moan about the weather. But 
At least we haven't got the snow that they've got in certain parts of the country, which is absolutely atrocious. Fifteen minutes away from your gadget competition for today. Nice gadget today. Tell you about it in a moment. It's Steve Allen's early breakfast. This is LBC 97.3, and the time now is 4.30. Hello. He says, trying to be cheerful. I know it's Tuesday. It is Tuesday, isn't it? I don't know, some weeks go very quickly and some weeks go very slowly. Avril says, did you hear the one about the overlarge person who bought two airline tickets for comfort and then discovered they were either side of the aisle? Judging by that girl yesterday, that Georgina Davis, I mean, she, to be honest with you, her, her bum's so big, you could actually fit her both sides of the aisle. This is the one you remember yesterday who um, is so fat because she gorges, not, not for an illness... It's because she eats all the rubbish food. She eats, you know, 14,500 calories a day. She's a waste of space. Again, she's taking up time on the NHS. People like this should be charged on their credit card. You pay it back, love. Never done a day's work in her life, I shouldn't think. And uh, she can't stand up to do cooking. Anyway, so she goes into the NHS hospital, as you heard on the programme yesterday, and uh, they spend a good amount of money, about 100,000 quid. That could save a lot of people's lives. 100,000 pounds for this gluttonous, fat, overweight blob. And, and, they, and they get her down to 1,500 calories a day, which is great. So the, the weight comes off. That's all it takes is a bit of discipline. Comes out of hospital, she's piled it all back on again. You know, she's back up to 46 stone because she likes the publicity. She's a stupid attention seeker. And I said the other day, let her eat herself to death. I couldn't care now. I really couldn't care less. The reason she's eating all the bad food is because she can't stand up. She's rooted to the chair where she actually goes to the toilet. I've got no idea. One can only hazard a guess. And she cannot make it into the kitchen. So she's got a friend living with her called Sean. And Sean obviously goes out and buys a Kentucky Fried Chicken because I'm having Kentucky tonight. Why can't Sean go out and buy her a salad? Quite clearly, they're trying to kill her. Because at the moment, she's a terrible drain on the NHS, I'm afraid. Not very good at all. Uh, 84850. There are numerous cases, Steve, when people who have been murdered uh, by, for example, poison, have been hanged after death to make it appear as suicide. Oh, I'm not naive enough to think that, you know, you can do away with, with somebody and make it look like something else. We were using things like that in the Cold War. Do you remember that great film I keep telling you about called The Man Who Never Was? And they, they wanted somebody who had died of a particular illness, I couldn't remember, so that we could then launch him from a submarine tube so that the Germans would think... And he, he, was, he was dressed. Um, they, they found this man who died. I can't remember what he died of, but it had to look that he died of drowning. And so we, we took this man, we gave him a false identity. We put, you know, cinema tickets in his pocket, a letter from his tailor, receipt for some shirts and everything else, and some maps in his briefcase showing where the British troops were going to be. And we launched him from a submarine. Nobody knew. He was launched out of the, uh, the tube there, and he floated up on a beach. And that's when they went, ah, oh, wait a minute, so if the British are doing this, and that's how we won the war. Apart from that, we were better than everybody else. That's how we won it. But that was one of those things that we did, and they were looking for somebody who it would look. So when they, they did an autopsy on him, they would go, well, he died of drowning, not he died of anything else. So they gave him this false identity. Man Who Never Was, very good British war film. You should, uh, you should check it out. And so that's why I'm not naive enough to think that you can't put a poison into somebody's body now and it make it look as though they've had a heart attack, whereas, in fact, it was brought on by the poison, and then it just disappears. There was a very interesting story some time ago in the papers where it's... Not in the papers, it was in a, a book I read, and it was a pathologist... And it was somebody who'd been murdered. They thought they died of natural causes, but they hadn't. They'd been murdered by a nurse who had given a person insulin. Now, 
I take insulin because I need it. But if I gave insulin to the producer, it could kill her. Think on that one. Think on that one. Have a bad day. But but what they do is, you see, you would notice a little pinprick when you're doing the autopsy. So what they did in this particular case, they injected between this person's toes, between their big toe and their next toe. And they said to the person, have you checked between their toes? Because they've had this come up before. And they said no. And they checked and there was a little tiny pinprick where somebody had injected insulin into this uh, into this person's foot, which if you give insulin to somebody who is who is not reliant on insulin, it can kill them. And so that was why they had to sort of check this out. There's all sorts of things, isn't there? There's all sorts of ways. When you look at murderers over the year, the poisoners, they've always discovered the poison. Now, poisons, I'm assuming, are so sophisticated, you can, you can just sort of, just about do anything, I would think. Just about do anything. 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. Uh, still to come, the gadget competition for this morning. What are we offering you today? You'll have to wait and find out in a, in a few minutes. Take some more of your uh, text messages in. Has Olivia been in on com- in on in conversation? Yes, Olivia Newton John has been in and uh, gone to the website for podcasting. Phil says, "I wonder how long before the glamour model is pictured chasing after a football." Look, don't be so ridiculous. She's not attractive enough to be allowed in clubs. If she thinks Trader Vic's is a club, whereas in fact it's a restaurant in the Hilton, I mean, she's as barking mad as you think she is. Uh, 85, oh, is it 85 euro millions tonight on Tuesday? So nobody won the 80 million. Oh, well, that's ruined the car I've ordered, but never mind. Uh, the best comment last night was that Boris Johnson was a fox in teddy bear's clothing. Oh, I think that's quite nice, actually. Quite nice. Uh, other stories in the papers today. Clive Mantle from Casualty. He was filming Casualty and he was staying, I believe, in a, in a travel lodge. Something like that. Anyway... Uh, in this particular, I think it was. A, let me just check. It was a travel lodge. Yes, it is a travel lodge. And so um, he's in there, and he was attacked at four thirty in the morning by two rowdy men outside his room. So he opened the door and said, "Listen, shh, can you please keep the noise down?" Anyway, uh, he went back in his room. They carried on being rowdy. He went out and said, "Listen," and one of them bit his ear off. He had to go to hospital to have it re-sewn on. Um, I mean, just. Ridiculous. I mean, this is in Newcastle, where quite clearly there are drunks. And here, two drunken Scotsmen. And he said, if you don't keep the noise out, I'm going to call security. That's when they set about him. Uh, one of them bit off top of his right ear. What filth does things like that, ladies and gentlemen? What sort of person does that? I hope they're up in court. Uh, the two men from Hamilton have been arrested in connection. One is due to appear before magistrates next month. The other was bailed pending further inquiries. I'd have them in prison so fast. I'm sorry. I can't believe people like this even exist. Far too stupid. Far too stupid out there. Uh, the truth about me and my Zane. Who? The truth about me and my Zane. And the some... Oh, it's this attention-seeking girl. Oh, this is this... Um, oh, what's her name? Wait a minute. Perry Edwards. This is the one who... She's got purple hair sometimes, and then she doesn't have uh, purple hair. And uh, they have to do her up because she's a bit naff. And she doesn't photograph very well half the time. And so the girls are like sisters to me. Uh, Little mix charting their rise to fame. Leanne, Jessie, J-E-S-Y. She's the the fat-faced one with the fake hair. Then you've got Perry and then you've got Jade. I mean, to be honest with you, they're like a fashion disaster, all of them together, with no more talent... And uh, she says here, uh, they've helped me cope with the stories about Zane. 
Oh, grow up, for God's sake, you drip. Why are these people so stupid? So the story's about Zane cheating with other women. Well, more fool you for taking him back. It's your problem, isn't it? Why do you think that we're interested? Why do you think, Perry, that we're interested in your sad, lonely little life? Why do you seriously believe in this day and age? Can't you look after yourself, love? The girls are like sisters to me. No, they're not. No, they're not. They've helped me cope with the stories about Zane. One fan started licking the window of our car, which was very weird. That came from Jesse Nelson. Yes, dear, they probably thought you were so fat you were a lolly or something. And Jade says it's hard when you don't see each other. You have to keep the spark going. Oh, God, they're such needy people, aren't they? What's the matter with these people? Here's uh, Gazza. And uh, here he is with his son and stepdaughter. Oh, that's nice. Here he is with uh, Bianca. That's the one who milks every possible opportunity of uh, keeping on to the Gaza Gascoigne name. And she'll do everything. Apparently she lives in Australia. Best place for her. Best place for her. And here's his son. And uh, Gaza's now at peace. He says, I feel I'm back stronger than ever. I've got to look to the future. Riveting. Riveting, love. I mean, you know, I'm so thrilled. I don't really care. I'm really not interested. But uh, he's flown back. He also has adopted Cheryl's son, Mason. He says, I wouldn't like to end my life not seeing Cheryl and the kids. They're still part of my life. I know, as you were battering the hell out of her, that's what we all thought at the same time. Nice to see Bianca's back, though, and still no more talent than she had when she was, sorry, in this country. Uh, Other stories in the paper. There's a former BBC producer has now been told he won't face any charges. Um, This is because the girl has withdrawn her statement. So there you go. And he said, you know, it's just ridiculous. I mean, you know, you might as well put the whole country up on trial, mightn't you? Have you ever had relations with somebody? Have you ever... I mean, I might actually goose the producer later on, you know, just as a... I won't, I'm just joking. Because she's now trying to find the HR number already. Ridiculous, isn't it? Ridiculous. Yes, exactly. So I've already threatened to kill her with a bit of insulin. It's turning out quite well, isn't it, really? Actually, talking of turning out quite well again, I was reading... Uh, Ray Reynolds sent me in some clips of the... Um, oh, I'm now trying to... Th- who is it, the man who... When I'm cleaning... When, that one. The, uh, he played his little ukulele and all the rest of it. Anyway, so they've got this fantastic society of people who go and play ukuleles. And he sent me in this, this clip of their last meeting. And it was fantastic. It was so good. There's kids up there about seven or eight who are playing ukuleles. And I, I went online to see if I could buy a ukulele. Because I've decided that, you know, it's the kind of thing I want to do. I don't know, I don't know why. I must be mad, actually. I must be completely mad. And some of them were so expensive. I picked up um, the, the the magazine. Ray sent me the Society's magazine, and and I went through it, and and George Formby's name is all through there, and because he was big, big, big star. But you've got little kids who play ukuleles, and they're really good. They're really, really good. It's and they, they were so enthusiastic, and I thought because Frank Skinner talked to me about about him, and I, I was just really thrilled by the whole thing. And I looked at some of the price of these ukuleles, about three, four hundred pounds. And I thought, could I actually manage it? And I thought, I don't think so. I don't think so. <laughs> 84850, steve at uh, Well done to Channel 4, says Ian Highland, for burying Jonathan Ross versus the banker on Deal or No Deal at 7pm on Sunday evening. Uh, distinct lack of showbiz mates. No Ricky Gervais, no Russell Brand, no Noel Fielding. Even this year's model, Jack Whitehall, appears to be busy. Oh, didn't we have a guy the other day? Who was another one who's just left his wife? Who's the, um... Oh, I can't remember. Marcus Brigstock. He's another one who's been cheating. But he's been cheating, hasn't he? He's Yeah, but she, she's left him because he was cheating. Oh, dirty boy. 
And it's somebody from Emmerdale. And they've already been up... Oh, dear, honestly, what's the matter with these people? Uh, but anyway, random though it was, on Deal or No Deal, they managed to get relative unknowns, Shappy Corsandi and Paul Chowdhury, to come along. Uh, for a minute, I was almost tempted to Google them to see if, perchance, they had the same agent as Jonathan. Because you know that... Uh, that Jonathan only puts his agents' guests on, which I think is Addison Creswell, who puts all, all of his clients on Jonathan's show, which is quite funny, actually. Uh, it's a bit like, sort of... Well, in fact, it's very funny, actually. It's almost a bit like watching GMTV and realising that the programme has plumbed so many new depths it can't go any lower, and that's why the audience are just falling off the end, I'm afraid. Uh, Tara Palmer Tomkinson was arrested the other day by airport security over pistol-shaped high heels... The 41-year-old former it girl had been at her holiday home in Closters. I suspect it's the family's home. When police stopped her, the uh, Chanel satin sandals were designed by Karl Lagerfeld. Tara told her followers, was arrested at Zurich Airport with my Chanel killer heels in my luggage. Uh, not a good look on the X-ray. Oh, lovely. She's still as barking mad as ever, though, I'm afraid. Look at it. 14 to 5 gadget competition coming up. LBC. 97 point is London's biggest conversation with Steve Allen. Morning, 12 minutes to five. Yesterday, on the LBC 97.3 gadget competition, the question was, what is the name of a baby donkey? I didn't know this one either, I'm afraid. And the answer was a foal. A foal. Same as a horse. And uh, well done to Ivy Harris from Elephant Castle. She's got herself a fabulous 3D Blu-ray home cinema system. Whoa! Ivy, well done. I hope you enjoy it. It's that you'll be the envy of your neighbours. Get an extra lock put on the door. OK. Now, today, one of the most popular gadgets of the moment, you better get your hands on at 6.30 this morning, it's an Apple iPad Mini. Hold back. Hold back. I've got one of these. So, that's right, one lucky listener will win the Apple iPad Mini today by answering this question correctly. Ready? What is the name for a baby elephant? What is the name for a baby elephant? To enter, you text the word gadget, G-A-D-G-E-T, followed by your answer, and send it to 84850. It's got to arrive before 6.30 this morning. Text costs pound fifty plus your standard network rate. If you text after the closing time, you won't be entered into the competition, but you may still be charged. Full terms and conditions at lbc.co.uk. So fancy getting your hands on an Apple iPad Mini? Very nice. Very nice indeed. What is the name of a baby elephant? You text the word gadget, then your answer to 84850. Text costs pound fifty plus your standard network rate. If you text after the closing time, you won't be entered, but may still be charged. Full terms and conditions at lbc.co.uk. Good luck. How nice an Apple iPad Mini on a Tuesday. We, no, we did, but actually, I just remember we did one on a Tuesday before, didn't we? No, we did it Monday. We did it on the Monday, did we? Oh, right. So an Apple iPad Mini for you today, ladies and gentlemen. Um, Katie Price, otherwise known as the dreary, boring... So-called glamour model is getting married this Friday. She's already been married, but this is the this is the bit of the marriage that coins the money for her. Okay, so it'll be an okay thing, and she's doing it in that well-known celebrity uh, venue, Western Supermare. I mean, I can only assume she sort of is inviting a lot of pensioners to the wedding. I can't think of any other reason why she'd be going to Western Supermare, but she's going with her new husband, 
And uh, the good news is she's had a new tattoo done. Which is lovely. It's so classy, isn't it? Yes, the well-known classless Jordan and the boyfriend who appears not to work... Sorry, husband, called Little Kieran. He'll be husband number three. I think she's been married twice before. She's been around the block so many times now. The wheels, you know, the rubber's come off the wheels now. But, um... So they, they, they've changed the venue. So, oh, big headache. Oh, Jordan. Makes no difference. It's OK. And they'll just sort of probably pay for the whole thing. And it'll be the usual bunch of naffos. It'll be her gay makeup artist and his camp boyfriend. Or the two, the two camp ones, I think, actually. And it'll be Michelle Heaton. I think Kerry Cope Toner will pitch up. Shouldn't think so. I don't think they actually get on. This is always the indication of who she's fallen out with and who she's not fallen out with. So they're going to have to sort of pad it out with her family... And the kids will all be there, all done up in their little outfit. It's just fake. The whole thing's fake from start to finish, but quite sweet. And, of course, now that they've got their initials tattooed on his ring finger, and uh, she's posted the photo, because she's so... She's so I'm sorry to say, she's so lonely. She doesn't... I mean, she doesn't really have much going on in her life. Doesn't have a book to promote at the moment, so she's got to find something. But each time, if you notice, she's looking more haggard, older, really dreadful. But uh, she first married... She's also got what? Her hair at the moment is sort of... Well, it's difficult to tell because it's not hers, so I don't know. Most of hers must have ripped out years ago. But she did marry Alex Reed. That was quite nice because both of them fought for the catching the bouquet and all the rest of it because he was, he was Roxanne. And then she was engaged to Leandro Penner but broke it off shortly before she hooked up with Kieran. And it's very sweet, really, but, again, it's just somebody for the kids to meet. Hello, this is your latest one, and uh, I bet Peter Andre must be spitting blood. Absolutely spitting blood. But there again, you know, you don't, you don't really sort of worry about it too much, do you? Uh, there's a Welshman who's been on China's Got Talent. And I don't know why, actually. But um, he says, I'm a tall white foreigner from Wales singing songs about communism in Chinese. How nice. I quite like... For some reason, the Chinese people seem to find it quite hilarious. Great Wales of China. Great... Play on words there, OK? And his name is Ian Inglis. He's wearing a Red Army uniform and he sings communist revolutionary anthems in Chinese. Now that I like the sound of. That I like. I like a lot, actually. So uh, I might have to go and check that one out a little bit later on today because I think that's quite a funny thing, isn't it? I like going to... uh, The one that makes me cry is the India's Got Talent. Oh, I've wet buckets over that one. India's Got Talent where they have a street dance group on, some of whom are disabled. And, oh, dear, it just makes you cry to pieces. They won it, I think, a couple of times. It must be a couple of years ago now. And they don't have anything. They're just street people. And then they had another one, I think, on... Was it India's Got Talent or something like that? Where they had this lad, and and he might have come from Vietnam. Anyway, it could have been whatever it was. And he used to sell chewing gum in bars from a little boy. You know, he's only... I think he was only, like, 15, 16 when he went into the competition... And he learnt to sing by listening to recordings in the bars he went to. And he sings opera. But I tell you, when he goes on there, he reduces the panel to tears because he tells the story of how he sells chewing gum. Because you have these little kids in different countries. If you've never been out of the country, you're not going to know this. But they go around, they sell chewing gum. That's how they make their money. Here we have big issue sellers. You know, or people who just sit, the lazy, fat, good-for-nothing ones who sit by a cash point and go, got any money? Of course I have. I'm using a cash point, dear. Haven't you got any money? Well, get off your arse and get a job. Do something. Go wash up. Do sweep the streets. My God, there's enough people out there sweeping the streets. Surely you can manage that bit. No, I can't. I've got a dog to feed. Well, you shouldn't have had a dog. You should be taken away by the RSPCA. So they've got these kids, and this one sells chewing gum. 
And he goes round, when he opened his mouth and sang, it was just like hearing the angels singing. He was fantastic. But it's the India's Got Talent one that just reduces them all to tears. It's just, I mean, I just, well, I soaked through a box of Kleenex. It was ridiculous, I'm afraid. Really ridiculous. Uh, 84850. <laughs> what did I tell you? Eddie Mayer would write in to me. Don't, don't, he says, don't kill your producer. <laughs> Look at you getting publicity, Eddie, all over the place. <laughs> oh, I knew he'd be up. I knew he'd be up. 84850, Stephen LBC, UK. I mean, do you think I should not kill her this year? Perhaps next year we'll kill her. Next year we'll kill her. OK, thank you very much indeed. Uh, Marcus says, must be tough for the brains at the sun to work out their position. He says, on one hand, the outrage at the NHS spending money. On the other hand, boobs. She wants to be a model. Model the back end of a Boris bus, maybe. Couldn't even even see her doing free porn. Well, she is, she's just, she's one of life's uglies. And I don't mean that in any disrespectful way. She's made herself ugly by having that stupid thing that they all want to have done. Gay Bobby, on The Only Wears Essex, has had his eyebrows shaped. He looks ridiculous. He looks stupid. You know, and he starts off with a handicap through being unattractive. And so he's had these, what... So he's had these, these shaped and everything else, and she's had them done. And can we take you to Essex to have a... No! I, don't, I, don't, I cannot understand why anybody... The only thing I do, and I'll hold my hands up and tell you now, I have dyed my eyebrows before. OK? I always dread it in case my next-door neighbours are going to knock on the door. And say so they've locked themselves out or something daft, because I look like a panda. Because what I do is... And a friend of mine used to do it, Nadia... I used to go around and get my hair cut, and she could dye my eyebrows. Because if, you, if you're blonde, and believe it or not, at one point I was, uh, then you've got very pale eyebrows. And In fact, strangely enough, um, my producer, Giles, used to have very pale eyebrows. You can have them stencilled in, but it, it, I don't want to look ridiculous. So I just dye them. So I, I mix it. I, I can go out and buy this stuff in the chemist. I still do it. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I'll do it sometimes. If, if I think they've, they've sort of gone a bit too pale, it lasts about 10, 15 days. And then I'll mix up brown and black, because you don't want too black because it looks ridiculous. Brown looks a bit too old, so you mix the two colours together. So I mix like that. I've got a little, little Petri dish thing. Not, not sort of Petri here, here Petri, just a little tiny dish. And I put in a little bit of the, uh, the bleach, mix it all up, and then I put a Trixo. <laughs> it's just it's too funny for words. I put a Trixo on the top of my eye... And then underneath, because I don't want the colour to bleed onto my skin. And then I've got a little brush and I'll paint it onto my eyebrows, OK? I did this just before the Magic Circle show. And, and I put this sort of on, because otherwise it looks like you've got no eyebrows. And so I did it, and then I leave it for about half an hour. And then I go to the bathroom, and then I get some tissue, and, uh, and I put it under the hot tap, and then I just sort of wipe it off, and then it's fine. But if anybody in that meantime knocks on the front door, I can't answer the door. Because I look like a panda. Because I've got these sort of black eyebrows. But unfortunately, for this poor creature on the front of the sun today who thinks she's going to be a glamour model, she is so desperately unattractive. She's wearing completely the wrong lipstick. Her makeup is wrong. Her nose... I mean, I wonder if the sun have put her on there as some sort of joke. Perhaps it's a joke. Perhaps they're going, this is how naff, so, you know, stupid women like this think that they can be a glamour model and earn money, she says, like, like Katie Price. As if. As if. It's just never, ever going to happen, I'm afraid. Ever, ever going to happen. Um, oh, interesting. Here's, a, here's an unlikely combination. Guess who was out at the Ivy the other night? 
OK, I'll give you a clue. One of them, not very big, Ronnie Corbett, with Cilla Black, and who else? You wouldn't guess this one in a million years. Jim Davidson. Jim Davidson, Cilla Black, Ronnie Corbett. Now there's an unlikely cobble. What the dickens were they talking about? Wouldn't you have loved to be a fly on the wall? Not that they have any flies in the ivy, but I'm just sort of saying... Actually, that's why I love the piece about the Queen, where she comes into the room at uh, Buckingham Palace and she goes, so where have you hidden it? Because apparently she has her microphone. She won't wear one. It's hidden in the flowers in front of her, so that when she talks, everybody can hear it all go, but where's the microphone? And it's hidden in the flowers. Isn't that good? Here it's not hidden. You couldn't hide these microphones anywhere. They're about as big as as gobstoppers, aren't they? Even bigger than gobstoppers. If a gobstopper was this size, it'd take you for a year to get through it. News at five is next. On FM, online and digital radio, London's biggest conversation. This is LBC 97.3. Morning. As Eddie Mayer pleads with me not to kill the producer this morning, we shall go along with his wishes. Only temporary, though. (laughs) Only temporary. Nice to be company. I trust you are well. Don't forget... If you've just woken up, we have a gadget competition. And after Ivy Harris from Elephant Castle won the 3D Blu-ray home cinema system yesterday, you will be the envy of your neighbours, Ivy. You really will be. I hope you, I hope you really, really enjoy it. Uh, today, I have on offer in the gadget competition. It's one of our most popular gadgets at the moment. It's the Apple iPad Mini. Okay, this can be yours. You can get your hands on it at 6.30 this morning if you know the answer to this question and you are picked out. What is the name for a baby elephant? What is the name for a baby elephant? To enter this competition, you text the word gadget, G-A-D-G-E-T, and then your answer, and send it to 84850. You must do it before 6.30 this morning. You've got about an hour and 25 minutes. Yeah, about an hour and 25 minutes. Uh, the text will cost you pound fifty, plus your standard network rate. If you text after the closing time, you won't be entered, but you may still be charged. Full terms and conditions online at lbc.co.uk. How lovely. An iPad mini. Can be, I don't know what colour. I don't know what colour. That's the only bit I can't tell you. The producer still thinks we could go to, go to Fussy in Essex. This is poor little uh, Joey Essex's shop. For some clothes. Have you seen the rubbish he's selling? I mean, it's, the shop's about as big as a sixpence. Then we could go to one of the salons to get the eyebrows down. Then a spray tan. Then we could go to Sugar Hut. I, I can't think of anything worse. That's my worst, my worst nightmare, I think, would be, would be realised. Just having seen all the sad people queuing up outside Sugar Hut and seeing... I mean, put it this way, looking at this poor creature on the front of the sun this morning, creature describes her very well. Now, perhaps that's why they've made her look down. Because her nose is so big. That'll be the next thing she has done, won't it? Probably on the NHS. You have to read the story to realise just how just how annoying it is. Uh, 84850. Uh, Jay and Dan. I don't know where they are, actually. But they say, my friend and I have been listening to uh, your show. I managed to find out who this wannabe Katie Price is. Oh, right. <clears throat> Ain't she a sin to look at? Anyway, we've we found her Facebook and to be honest, she's a disgrace to her kids. Oh, she's got kids. She's got children as well. She's got two children. Oh, dear, even worse. And so here she is. And they've sent me this thing and says, oh, my God, we've had to leave our breakfast. She really is as ugly as sin. 
Oh, she's got a Facebook profile. Should we have a look at the Facebook profile in the interests of, of journalism? We'll see if we can, uh, see if we can find it. And read what she said. This is the girl on the... Just in case you've woken up recently and you've missed her. She's on the front of the sun today. She's been given, courtesy of the taxpayer... Uh, taxpayer. The taxpayer. A boob job in a hospital. Because apparently she was, uh, she was so depressed at having small boobs that we've spent nearly £5,000, which could have gone to people who seriously need help in the NHS, so that she can uh, be a glamour model, she says, and earn money like uh, Jordan. She says, I'll get money and fame like Katie Price. Sadly not, love. You'll just get a heap of abuse and it'll be thrown on you by just about everybody, I should imagine. So we'll have a look at the uh, uh, the Facebook page. Oh, dear God in heaven. Um, she's, uh, she's not great. Uh, quite a number of other people named Josie Cunningham, which is a bit of a shame, really. But this is the, uh, this is the one here, isn't it? This is our um, wannabe... Oh, dear Lord above. I mean, really, it's, uh, it's a disgrace. Whichever way you look at it... Um, she ain't no looker, I'm afraid. She's got two children, and she works in a in a call centre. But apparently being flat-chested was causing her emotional distress. It's absolutely ludicrous. This is not what the NHS is, is there for at all, I'm afraid. It's, it's really not. It's there for, uh, for other things at all. Uh, James Martin, says Bryn, is one of the loveliest blokes we know. And we should know... Because we've known him since he was a small boy. And Annie used to babysit him and his lovely sister Charlotte when I worked at Castle Howard. Which I did on dozens of occasions. We used to stay at their lovely little cottage in the valley. His father was catering and entertainments director there. And Annie and I... Can you print that off for me? Print that off. Because Annie and I used to go there loads of times. And we actually took 40 friends and family for a wonderful party to celebrate our 30th wedding anniversary. He's a super bloke and we love him to bits. I regularly talk with his mother, Susan, who still lives in Yorkshire, and we rabbit on for hours about James and Charlotte and anything of interest. She's gorgeous, but a slightly zany Yorkshire lass. So please be so kind as to give James, uh, Annie and my warmest love and tell him we still follow his highly successful career in whatever he does. We're both wide awake enjoying the show and Annie has just enjoyed early morning tea and toasted brioche. Very French. Well, I will, actually, because he's going to be in at 8 o'clock this morning, and we've talked to James before about Castle Howard, which is where he grew up. And Castle Howard is where they did Brideshead Revisited, and his father worked there, so he had very posh, very posh upbringings. But nice to know... Oh, sorry, can you take away that picture of that ghastly girl on the front page of The Sun, please? I really don't want to be uh, upset this morning. So, the, um, after Ivy Harris who's now deeply embarrassed, now burying her head in the duvet, goes, Steve, will you not mention my name again, please? She's from Elephant and Castle. That's Ivy Harris. And she's got herself, after yesterday, the 3D Blu-ray home cinema system. Woo! How cool is that? Well done, Ivy. And this morning, in my gadget competition, it's an Apple iPad Mini. You can get your hands on it at 6.30, if, 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 if you know the answer to this question. What is the name for a baby elephant? To enter, text the word gadget, followed by your answer, and then you send that to 84850. So gadget, G-A-D-G-E-T, then your answer, and then send that to 84850 before 6.30 this morning. The text will cost £1.50, plus your standard network rate. If you text after the closing time, you won't be entered, but you may be charged. Full terms and conditions online at lbc.co.uk. 
Good luck. An Apple iPad Mini. That'll please somebody today, won't it? Somebody will be going very, very happy. Very, very happy. Uh, have you seen the new programme on ITV Plebs with Danny Dyer? Utter drivel, says Chris. I haven't seen it yet. I haven't seen it. I was told it was, it was supposed to be quite good. Um... <laughs> Can you wish my lovely mum, Celia, says Mandy, a very happy 70th birthday. Let her know I love her lots. There you go. Happy birthday, Celia. Uh, one here that says, um, uh, when a BBC star has an exciting move to ITV, it's a bit like the entertainment equivalent of a visit from the Grim Reaper. Well, there, is, there was talk the other day, wasn't there, that they're going to drop uh, Adrian Childs from ITV. And he said he didn't really care, actually. It's, I mean, it was, and Christine Bleakley doesn't appear to have any work with ITV at all. Mainly because, and I've, I've said this before, it's in no way, you know, detrimental to them. When they were on the one show, they were just dead lucky. I mean, the two people on at the moment are ghastly. They have no chemistry at all. It's fake. It's false. It's just an embarrassment. The guests walk all over them because Alex Jones just isn't up to it. You cannot put somebody just on television and go, right, you're going to replace Christine Bleakley. Christine Bleakley happened to fit into that programme because it wasn't too testing and because she was smiley, smiley, Carol Smiley. Adrian Charles was just dull and dreary. So then they thought, somebody in their infinite wisdom at ITV, let's put them on to Daybreak, where it was a total disaster. From start to finish, it was just car crash. It was rubbish. Nobody was remotely interested. And in the end, they earned a huge amount. They don't care. They earned a huge amount of money and they just sort of dumped them and got rid of them. Adrian went on to do football, which he prefers better. I mean, I should imagine, given the choice of getting up at the crack of dawn in the morning or an earning a load of money, or doing some football coverage, he's going to go for football coverage. And so that's what they did. Christine went on to the Dancing on Ice, of which she's abysmal at. There's no... I don't know. I can't, you can't quite put your finger on why some people work on television and some people didn't. I always thought that Frank Boff on television was brilliant, because he had that easy-going atmosphere. It was, it was like watching the early people doing Blue Peter... You know, the early people on that, you know, the Val Singletons and, and everybody else, they were just good. They knew how to present a programme. Nowadays, it's all wannabes, isn't it? They can't wait to do something. I don't want to do just Blue Peter, goes Helen Skelton. So I've got to sort of walk across a tightrope. Who cares? You know, it's like that infuriating girl on Countryfile, Ellie Harrison, an irritant of the worst possible kind. Somebody who, the moment she hoves into view with her long hair flowing in the back, you just want to sort of push her into a puddle. You know, I've just got this overwhelming urge to find a big snowdrift and shove her in there. And poor old, uh, you know, Jonathan Ross, I think he signed a new contract for the show. It's not doing very well in the ratings, but then it doesn't doesn't really matter. That was like old Parky, wasn't it? You get a Parker pen just for inquiring. And he's the sort of person, once he left the BBC, I think they were glad to see the back of him. And yet I thought when he went to ITV, the show wasn't half as good. So these people, I don't, I cannot explain what it is that makes some people work on television and some people not work on television. Television loves some people, it's very kind to them, and they fit into it. Other people look as though they're really, really struggling. And I could sit here and run off a list of people who I don't think work on television. Some people do work on television, but they're on too often. You know, if you're having to suffer with uh, with Philip Schofield and Holly Willoughby, you know, every day. And then she pitches up on Celebrity Juice, which is just a dirty version of This Morning, an even dirtier version, as if that were possible. And and then you've got Philip Schofield who pitches up on The Cube, Mr and Mr. It's too much. It's too much. 
You know, these people earn a small fortune. You'll be horrified in years to come when I tell you how much people like Philip Schofield will be earning. You'll be listening now and going, how do you know? You'll be surprised what I know. You'll be surprised my, my contacts within the television industry. And people tell me what people earn and you think, blimey. Yeah, by, by contrast, radio people are very poorly paid, but won't find any complaints from me. No complaints from me whatsoever. Uh, apparently, Josie Cunningham may hope to be chasing footballers in the clubs, but she's more likely to be found chasing sticks in the park. <sighs> woof, woof, woof. Who let the dogs out? Yes, there she is on the front page of the paper today. Whilst, you know, people don't get the right medicine, she wants bigger boobs. And to be honest with you, as I say, a waste. She should have had a nose job. But well, that's probably the next thing she did. Oh, I'm... You know, if you read her Facebook page, you'd be spitting blood like me. Quarter past five. News headlines with Dan Whitehead. Aspiring nurses will have to work for up to a year as healthcare... Conversation with Steve Allen. 18 minutes. No, it's not. It's 19 minutes past five. Oh, nearly got an extra minute then. Oh, you lost a, lost a minute. Very, very strange... Because now you've heard that the, uh, the Russian oligarch Boris Berezovsky uh, appeared to have been strangled, uh, hanged. And yet friends say that there were traces of him being strangled around the neck. This is what they've said today. Uh, Nikolai Glushkov said the tycoon's former wife noticed suspicious marks on his neck minutes after he was found dead. Now, this is the strange thing, because you remember that the police have now said that it appeared he was hanged. And I said, so when he was found, would not the rope have been a giveaway? Or was he hanged one place and then moved somewhere? We don't know. They said there was no sign of a violent struggle, which there might not have been if somebody decided to hang. I couldn't really see why he would bother hanging himself. He appears to have serious money, you know, a few, few billion pounds. And um, the mansion where he was found is understood to be owned by his former wife. And uh, she's apparently... I mean, people have said here he would never take his own life. It would, you know, why would he do something like that? He just lost a court case. And they says here he's thought to have been on the brink of financial ruin. He lost this £3 billion legal action. Why it was held here, I've got no idea. Got diddly squat to do with us in this country. And that was against Roman Abramovich. Then he was facing another court battle... Apparently, he's, he's supposed to have had £200 million in assets. Why would you want to kill yourself? You know, if you, had, if you had that much money. And he's not the first person who has upset Putin, who has sort of come over... We seem, to, we seem to have loads of people over here who seem to have come from all sorts of different countries and seem to have upset somebody. There was one person in the paper today, and um, this, this man is, is a war criminal, and yet he's on benefits over here, and we appear to be looking after him. And I can't understand why people come here. So after David Cameron yesterday was trying to explain to people what the immigration bill meant and saying, well, of course, you know, a lot of people who arrive here, they don't claim benefits. I thought, you're quite clearly not in the real world. You're quite clearly not in the real world. A lot of, that's why they're there in France, trying to get on the back of a lorry to come here to claim benefits. And if they don't claim benefits, they disappear into the subculture. They become part of the black economy for want of a better description. So they get jobs with it. Now they're saying that if people in uh, private accommodation put people up who are known to be asylum seekers, then they'll be in trouble and they'll be fined. Can't wait to see that one working out. You know, it's, it's just 
just absolutely, uh, you know, not right. I think that if Josie Cunningham, Steve, was suffering depression, a face transplant might have been a better, better investment of the NHS's time and money. The only thing that annoys me about this is that we've spent £5,000 because somebody wanted bigger boobs. She can afford to buy Louis Vuitton handbags. She can afford to buy a chihuahua dog because she thinks that's what people do. I mean, she's quite clearly stupid. You know, she's one of, you know, you'll, you'll see her in a few years' time pitching up on a programme. Oh, poor me, poor me, poor me. She works in a call centre. Can she not save up like the rest of us? You know, if I wanted a, I was going to say a boob job, which would be a little bit pointless, I have to be honest, as I'm quite happy with this 32 double E that I've got at the moment, um, you know, then I would save up for it. If I want a fridge freezer, I save up for it. If I want a car, I save up for it. You know, like everybody else, she's working. Why can't she save up for it? Is it is it that easy within the NHS? You go there and go, oh, I'm terribly depressed. I'm really depressed because I'm, like, I'm flat-chested and I want to be a glamour model. Shouldn't somebody have said to her, I'm sorry, you're not attractive enough to be a glamour model. What's the point? Why should we waste five grand? I'd rather keep somebody alive on some drugs that they really need than waste money on a vacuous old bag like you. I get angry about things like that. That money could have been so better spent. Like the fat girl yesterday, £100,000 spent within the NHS for her to pile it all back on again. Well, the next time she wants the, you know, the ambulance called out, I'm sorry, go, yeah, OK, love, we'll send it soon, bye. Put the phone down. I wouldn't, I wouldn't even bother sending it to her. I'm sorry, if you sit there and intentionally stuff your face with food that you shouldn't be eating, having been told what to eat, as far as I'm concerned, yeah, oh, it's you again, is it? Yeah, OK, um, yeah, it's on its way, bye. Put the phone down. I mean, I'd, I'd have a field day in nine... Some of the stupid people who phone 999 and waste the operator's time. Sorry, my Chinese has not arrived. Really? I'll check on it for you. Get back to you. Bye. Love you. You know, that sort of thing. I mean, it, it, it is just ridiculous. Just ridiculous that there are people who want to waste the system. They put nothing in. You know, I mean, the other day, uh, somebody I know quite, quite close to me was at brunch, and somebody there threatened to call the police for being, because the, 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 these, these people I know were being too loud at brunch. I'm going to call, was it a woman? Oh, sorry, what am I talking about? Um, I'm talking to myself. It's really, oh, a man. I'm going to call the police. Oh, call them then, stupid person. Honestly, I nearly called the police. Actually, strange enough, I nearly called the police yesterday. I was talking to my friend Thomas, who has a business in Twickenham. He looks after my shirts. And uh, there was some, let's just call them lowlifes, hanging around and looking as though they were about to commit... You know, they were youths, feral youths. And I nearly called the police on them. And I thought, do the police really, you know, need me to sort of waste their time, I suppose? Uh, there's the man in the paper. Do you remember Roger Griffiths? Come on, come on. You must remember these. I mention it. Roger Griffiths was that idiot who won some money on the lottery, 1.8 million. And then he wasted it all. He's left with seven quid. So the wife left him and everything else. So now we've got the wife in the paper today saying, you know, oh, sorry, the, the wife complaining about it and saying here, you know, oh, how times have changed and all this kind of thing. It's wrecked our lives and everything else. And he screwed everything up. And now Roger, who claims just, I mean, what, is, what an attention seeker he is. What a low life attention seeker. I'm sorry if you're stupid. You know, and you win 1.8 million on the lottery. Not exactly life-changing as far as I'm concerned, but OK. You could live quite well. You stick that in the bank. You could do OK. You couldn't retire on it, but it's OK. You know, and then he goes and wastes it. And you think, stop bleating onto everybody who'll listen, waste of space. Get your life in order. Like, people are so keen nowadays, aren't they, to blame everybody else. Oh, nobody told me how to do this. No, Oh, get over yourself. Get over yourself. I'm really, you know, so bored with the fatties. The people who have to go and waste time on the NHS. You know, the people who are just rude. 
you know, on the bus the other... I mean, some woman on the bus the other day, she gets on the bus... I get on the bus because I'm going to try and find a shirt for the funeral. Not that I've got no shirts or anything like that. And so this woman gets on. She's going one stop. What? She could have walked. It was hardly worth wasting the money. One stop. She could have actually done it. No, she, and, and everybody... Have you noticed? Somebody must be deaf on buses. Somebody rings the bell. Then about five seconds later, somebody else rings the bell. And then somebody else would go, ding. And you, Have you not heard the bell has been rung? Stupid people, honestly. God, my God, there's some people around here who are dreadful. Uh, 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. The good news is, if you sweat... Stinky boos. There's a new no-sweat Marks & Spencer's smart suit. Which is lovely, isn't it? Probably hangs itself up, I suppose. Because you do get some people, especially if they work in shops, uh, who tend to wear the same clothes every day. And, and you sort of think to yourself, you can always tell because they're on the tube. I mean, I mean it's a sweeping generalisation, but luckily it is a sweeping generalisation, which is fantastic. So, pfft, to all of you, I couldn't care less. And uh, they all, all shop assistants smell, OK? So that's that one. So that, that one's sorted out. And, and they never clean their shoes. And they've got um, this person. And you can always tell when they're wearing the same suit because they can't iron it. So they go in and they're all crumpled and creased and there's no effort made. I told you, I went to Fortnum & Mason's in the wine. I had to collect a very expensive bottle of wine from the wine department. And the two lads who were working in there, their shoes were filthy. Now, when I worked in retail, and believe you me, I have experience of retail. Very, very good experience. And we would, if we turned up with our shoes dirty in the morning, the boss would go, go and clean your shoes. I mean, this morning, I cleaned my shoes before I came out. Admittedly, I've got one of those pad things that you just... But it makes them look shiny and clean. Because I've got to do James Martin and Rufus Sewell. You know, I want to look smart for them. You know, some people are like it. I mean, unfortunately, I'm one of those. I'm a bit Wayne Rooney. OK? Not, I'm not Chav or anything like that. I, I'm just... I'm a little... Whatever I wear, I look exactly the same in. You know, and if ever I come in wearing a suit, people think I'm going for a job interview for some strange reason. That's what they say. Oh, you're going for a job interview? No, I'm just wearing a suit. And so, um, um, and I was looking at pictures of Wayne Rooney the other day. Whatever he wears, he just looks naff. He cannot wear clothes. He's one of those sort of people. And yet some people wear clothes and they look stunning. They really look stunning. When my, my uh, the family of, of my godchildren, when they're all done up, they look amazing as a family. I was looking at pictures the other day. We went out for Sharon's uh, birthday, went up the Thames and went on a boat and went to the theatre and went to have dinner and all the rest of it. And they all look, all the kids look gorgeous. They've made an effort. They like dressing up to go out. Nobody bothers anymore. Wayne Rooney looks like a sack of potatoes. Poor old Colleen, Chief Chav. You know, she goes out. It doesn't matter what she wears, she looks like Colleen. <laughs> you know, the, the chipmunk that talks. And so when you look at this picture of this page three girl, or this girl who wants to be a glamour model like Katie Price, she's quite clearly too stupid for words. Nobody's going to... She's never going to be a successful glamour model. I can state that quite categorically. Not with a nose that size. You know, I mean, could use her as a, as a wardrobe and hang your shirts on her, but that's about as far as it goes. It's terrible, really. Uh, here it is. This is... Uh, where is this? This looks like the, um... The, uh... Oh, the horses that are coming over. Britain's Horse Ballet School. Which is quite nice. It's it's picking up on the Lipazanas from the Spanish Riding School who come over here uh, every day, which is good. They're now saying teenagers could begin driving a year earlier at 16. God, I don't want that idea, thank you very much. They're bad enough as it is. 16 years old, they'll never get insurance. 16? Definitely not. Definitely not. But they're now saying it's part of an attempt to cut the number of young drivers being killed or injured on the roads. 
Well, how's that going to make it better? Surely you make it 20. Why would you make it 16? That's absolutely awful. And there's now a green light for doctors to date former patients. Ooh, scary. Very scary. Don't like that idea. Competition for today. I'll give you a rough idea in a moment. It's the, the gadget giveaway. Ivy Harris won yesterday. Could it be your name we're reading out tomorrow? Up for grabs. The iPad Mini. I don't need to sell it to you. It's really good, and you can get it just by answering a simple question. Details coming up to the other side of the news, because the time now is 5.30. Dan Whitehead's got the headlines. Anyone wanting to become a nurse will have to work for them. I love the story in one of the papers today. It's one of the uh, the former bosses. Uh, well, he is a boss, I think. He's the uh, BBC's controller of comedy commissioning, Shane Allen, who has joined from Channel 4. Who does he want to put on the BBC? Come on. Who does he want to put on the BBC? He wants to put Frankie Boyle on the BBC. He thinks Frankie Boyle is, is as cutting edge as uh, somebody like Billy Connolly or Steve Allen or something like that. I mean, and I think he's brilliant. I think he's very good. I love it when people say, but he was so rude to Katie Price's son. Who cares? Who cares? Listen, the whole idea of being a comic, the whole idea of being on the radio is that you, you push it. There's no point in just meandering along, you know, picking daisies or something. You know, Frankie Boyle is, is cutting edge. All right, so he upsets a few people. Pfft. You know, it's hilarious, isn't it, that Katie Price complained bitterly about how rude he was about her son, and yet they both do columns for the newspaper. They both do columns for the Sun newspaper. You know, if Katie Price has, you know, gone, I'm not doing that, not that I think she writes it because she can't write for Toffee. But I think that somebody says, oh, we're going to do this and this today. Is that all right? What, do you, what would you like to do, Katie? Would like to mention your wedding or anybody you're particularly against at the moment? Seeing as there's more hatred in that poor woman's body than... Uh, than and I say, but I was thinking about the word body, actually, and thinking, of course, most of it's not her own, is it? You know, she's siliconed everywhere in Botox. That's why she looks so peculiar at the moment. She's going to look even funnier for the wedding. Can't wait to see how much fake string they weave into her hair to try and make it look as though she's actually got hair. Uh, Dickie Addenborough has moved into a care home, which we said uh, yesterday, uh, because he's in, a, he's in a wheelchair. I love Dickie Attenborough. I think Dickie... I mean, Dickie Attenborough in a care home, my God, he could keep you entertained for ages. But because he's 89 and uh, his wife Sheila is 90, um, they need looking after. They are national treasures. It's as simple as that. National treasures. And, you know... It's nice, actually. It's nice. They had a son and two daughters, but you remember their eldest daughter, Jane, and her daughter, Lucy, were killed in the South Asian tsunami in 2004. And I don't think that he ever got over that. I don't think that you ever get over something like that. And uh, because it was not that long ago, really, until, you know, you never expect to lose your children. And that was the worst thing for him. And the house really wasn't suitable for wheelchair access. It was lots of uh, rooms. Lovely house. They sold it for £11.5 million. But he's a national treasure as far as I'm concerned. He featured in so many films, you know, apart from the Jurassic Parks and Miracle on 34th Street, was it, where he played Father Christopher. He's just good. He's, you know, if anybody was a, a national institution, Dickie Attenborough is it. He really is. Um, oh, that's quite nice. I like this one here. Oh, dear me. This is, a, this is a ring that's in the paper today, but it comes with a provenance. Normally, if it's a piece of antique jewellery, and this one is lovely. This one was given to a lady called Josephine by Napoleon Bonaparte. This ring is quite something. It's a solid gold ring. It's got a pear-shaped sapphire and diamond, and it was given to Josephine, I love you, Josephine, in 1796. Each gem weighs a carat, and they say 
Well, it's worth. It's just sold at auction for £660,000. But it's the provenance that probably pushed the price up. The fact that uh, little old Napoleon decided to give this to Josephine. And she went, oh, that's nice, isn't it? I'll have that. Thank you very much indeed. And so they, they've got it. Unfortunately, although remembered as one of history's great love affairs, you will, of course, remember that they later divorced... Uh, Napoleon got, got rid of her because she couldn't give him an heir. And they were very funny about things like that in the early days. And the ring was bought by a businessman in Paris. It's outsold the estimate by more than 47 times. How lovely. Actually, to own something, I think that's quite exciting. To actually own a piece of history. The only time we got excited was last week on the programme, where the violin that was played on the Titanic came up for auction. About 400,000, they've estimated. And again, that's a piece of living history, isn't it? I bought this uh, DVD the other day, and it's on because I'm as fascinated with the Titanic and Christmas as I am with the pyramids. And this is uh, a three-DVD set done by National Geographic, and they go inside the Great Pyramid. And when you go inside the pyramid, these things are vast. So when they built them, they built in the staircases, the dead ends, anything that would deter the grave robbers from coming in. So when they finally put the coffin in, there were sort of big slabs that would drop down and things like that, and they'd found a slot in a wall, and they looked through it, and they couldn't see where it went to. So they put in a camera, and it went up, 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 up inside the... And when it got to the end, there's a door. And they, and they looked at the door, so that they had to try and work out... Does this door lead to a hidden chamber inside the Great Pyramids? And they did it as part of a television experiment. And so they put this little remote camera in there. And the first time it went in, it went up the slope and then it fell over because it's quite a steep slope. Second time, they repositioned the, uh, the, the caterpillar tracks on it and they sent it up, 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 up. And it got to the door at the end. It's in a very small door. It's about, I don't know. Less than three foot by three foot square, but it's got two handles on it. And they worked out that there's something behind the door, so they've drilled a hole in the door. The little caterpillar thing drilled a hole, and they put a camera through, and what did they find? Nothing. Nothing at all, but they did it live on television, and that's what made it so exciting. And they've worked out exactly what this door is, because it doesn't feature on the outside of the pyramid. They can't see where it pops out. And it turns out it was a door to the afterlife. The Egyptians very much believed in an afterlife. And so this door would have been so that the pharaoh's spirit could go through the door. So they made what effectively was a false door. It didn't go anywhere, but it was a door for them to go through into the afterlife. And, uh, and that's what it was. But it's just when you look inside the pyramid, and you look at the size of it. It's huge. The huge galleries in there. Just amazing. Absolutely amazing. You can imagine that from the moment the pharaoh was crowned, they started building his tomb and they would build it up and then all the people would... Be- oh, it was just amazing. Just amazing. Uh, 848. Uh, Steve, did you smell, says Richard the Milko, when you were a shop assistant? I used Brute Aftershave. Absolutely. Um, It's worse. There are signs in most buses, Steve, says uh, Joey, London's greatest bus driver, which light up saying bus stopping. Once somebody rings the bell, yet people still ring after a stop has been requested. 
I find that most people who take the bus one stop have a pass, so it costs them nothing. Some people have the nerve to ask for a free ride because they're only going one or two stops. I tell them, walking is free. Oh, I tell them the same, I'm afraid. Malcolm says, when I use the bus, I always sit near a bell push as I don't wish to qualify for the Nobel Prize. Thank you. What happens if you win the Euro Millions lottery in Cyprus? You can't. It's not valid. Just be very careful if you do enter the Euro Millions lottery. And uh, as I say, you wouldn't really want it paid into a Cypriot bank at the moment, would you? Not looking very promising, I'm afraid, for those people who've got over €100,000 in their account. I think, you, you know, I know somebody with €130,000 and uh, I think they lose it all. I think if you've got under 100,000, you're OK, but it's a little bit a little bit worrying. Uh, but you cannot be very careful. When you enter the lottery online, it will tell you which countries it's valid in. And a lot of countries, if you enter, it's not valid. You cannot claim the prize. So 85 million. That'll keep me happy. I could be quite happy today with 85 million. Dom and Don in Twickenham. Dom and Dom. Uh, Sarah in Pimlico says people ring the bell so many times on the bus as the drivers don't always stop if they don't think anybody's going to get off. Oh, I always ding it once. I'm always quite good. Uh, and one here says, Alex Jones is sweet, Steve, but can't present for toffee. Matt Baker is smarmy and gormless. Oh, he's not smarmy and gormless. He's just, he's just a bit fake. He thinks you've got to smile and laugh at people all the time, whereas, in fact, you don't. You're supposed to be interested in their conversation, which is not good. Uh, though normally cynical, I have an instinctive urge, possibly based on personal survival, to believe any version of events given by MI5 or the XKGB. Yes, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm slightly cynical over this same thing, the same as everybody else, I suppose, in the, uh, in the country. Uh, don't forget you've got... Uh, oh, it's under the hour now to go for the gadget competition. It's the iPad Mini. I've just, I'm trying to say it in not a very loud voice because it's such a nice prize. In fact, it's a wonderful prize. And yesterday, Ivy Harris, Ivy Harris now buried herself under the duvet. Where do you stop it with the name checks? From Elephant and Castle. And she's got the 3D Blu-ray home cinema system. I mean, there's, there's enough equipment here to sink a small version of the Titanic. But today, it's small and light. You can pop it in your pocket. You can take it on the bus. You can take it on the train. You can take it up in inside a pyramid. You can take it anywhere you like. The iPad Mini is everything that the iPad is, but Mini. And it's your chance to win on the programme today one of your very own, provided you know the answer to this question. What is the name for a baby elephant? To enter this competition, you text the word gadget, G-A-D-G-E-T, followed by your answer, and send it to 84850. Got to be here before 6.30, OK? The reason I mention it now is because you've got 40, but you might forget. I don't want you doing it after 6.30, because the text costs £1.50, plus your standard network rate. If you text after the closing time, you won't be entered into the competition, but you may still be charged. For full terms and conditions, go online to lbc.co.uk. OK, good luck to you for that one. It's wonderful. I hadn't realised, Steve, that you were blonde, says Anne. That explains a lot. Boris and Michael Hesertine, both blondes. And, uh, oh, I know this. Do you, have you heard this, this dreadful story about blondes? There's a, a beautiful blonde in economy in a flight from London to Toronto. She suddenly left the seat and moved into first class. The cabin crew tried in vain to get her to move back to economy. She just kept saying, I'm blonde, I'm beautiful, and I'm going to Toronto. Exasperated, one steward said, I'm married to a blonde, I'll have a word. He spoke a few words in her ear, at which point she stood up, said, sorry, and went back to economy. And the stewardess said, what on earth did you say? Oh, said the steward, I told her that first class isn't going to Toronto. It's an old one, isn't it? It's like the... uh, 
Is that the blonde who goes into Debenhams and she's picking up um, curtain material? And so the man said, what sort of size? She says, oh, about um, 12 inches by 6. He went, what, for curtains? She said, hello, I've got a computer, I've got windows. I'm sure there are lots and lots of blonde jokes, aren't there? Which I'm sure we, we don't want this morning, we don't want to embarrass everybody. Yes, they're definitely going to come in now, actually. Uh, uk. If you have just joined us, it's very nice to have your company this Tuesday morning. It's still cold. It is still cold, I'm afraid. But it's not as bad as some parts of the country where spare a thought for our poor farmers who are struggling out there and people as well who've got no electricity. They're having to heat up. They've got... This one man is in the paper today. He's burning his furniture. It's so cold. Spare a thought for these people. And uh, why is Easter such an epic time for Barry Norman? Details in a moment. News headlines, Dan Whitehead. Anyone wanting to become a nurse will have to work for up to a year as a health... 60973. This is London's biggest conversation with Steve Allen. I love the idea that Nick Ferrari this morning is going to be uh, talking about that young man who's just sold his app. Was it to Yahoo or something like that? Whatever it is, he's only something like 17. And he's become a multimillionaire. They say it's worth dozens of millions of pounds. They won't release exactly how... I mean, how much is dozens of millions of pounds? I mean, between 20 and 40 million, we estimate. Blimey. And he's only what? I mean, 17. He attends King's School in Wimbledon. He must be the richest pupil in there. Between 10, what what would we say? What what would we say between 10 and 20? Between 20 and 40. Because they they did say yesterday, they weren't releasing the details, but it is dozens of millions. Oh, my God. I mean, how how clever is he? Don't you really want to be his friend? Don't you really want to be his friend? Every so often, we sort of throw up one of these these kids, don't we, who who is just super good at something. Parents must be delighted. I never got into anything like that at all. But uh, you, I mean, you could retire, but I mean, not at seventeen. You can't. Re- you're not even. It's only just started work, and he works now. I think for Yahoo, they've they've given him a job as well, and so oh, well done, Nick. I think that's a. Ma- I mean, who would negotiate a deal like that? Uh, okay, can we offer you maybe forty pounds? <laughs> I don't think so. A uh, million? No. Okay, twenty million? No. Between twenty and forty million pounds. That is lovely. Would that be payable as a lump sum? I bet it's not. I bet it's payable over a number of years. We'll give you ten million down, and then oh, how lovely! He's going to buy what a, a, a new trainers and a laptop. <laughs> Crikey, how lovely! Uh, Nick Ferrari will be talking about this, uh, the crucial vote on secret courts, which has now reached the House of Lords. He'll want to know if it's a threat to our democracy, as its opponents claim. Plus, the inquest has concluded of a man who died in jail after being prisoned for stealing gingerbread in the Croydon riots. The coroner's called his death at Wandsworth Prison a shambles. His foster mother will be giving us her reaction. And a landscape of lies. This is the film at the centre of this very complex fraud. <coughs> Excuse me. The producers were jailed uh, yesterday. About 20 years, I think, they all got. Uh, they will be joined by the writer and director who were duped as part of the scam. One of them is, I think, the girl from Loose Women, Andrew McLean, who they offered a part to. Why, I mean, surely you'd have seen something there. She can't act for Toffee. Why would you want to sort of give her a job in it? But uh, one of the ten great movie epics of all time, this uh, list by Barry Norman, uh, Lord of the Rings trilogy. Lord of the Rings trilogy has entered the list. Uh, Napoleon is the old... How funny we talk about Napoleon. But very interesting, though, that Spartacus... 
Made in 1960. It's had extra bits added on. It's in the Throne of Blood. I don't remember seeing Throne. I don't know what Throne of Blood is. Lawrence of Arabia. Yes, we know that. Gone with the Wind. Yes. Gladiator. Oh, that was rubbish. It was absolute rubbish. Superimposed animals. And it was just... I don't like it, those sort of things. Dr. Zhivago. Funny thing about Dr. Zhivago. Filmed in Spain. And... Uh, you thought it was all Russia, but they sprayed all the bushes white to make it look like it was snow. So they never went near Russia, I don't believe, for uh, Dr. Shivago, which kind of ruined it for me. Because you so think they filmed in Russia. It was all very cold and it was just... It, it, Spain. <laughs> Apparently they had dreadful problems with sort of spray. Because when they do far-off shots and stuff like that, to cover everything in sort of white... Effectively, it was white. What were they using? They were using this sort of foamy type stuff everywhere to make it look good. I love that. Ben Hur, I think only for the chariot race, the rest of it. You couldn't pro- probably tell me anything about it. And Apocalypse Now, made in 1979. That's uh, Those were the favourite films. Ben Hur, I thought, was quite good. Uh, Gladiator, hated. Lawrence of Arabia, thought it was wonderful. Wonderful, wonderful film. And we went down to Clouds Hill to see Lawrence of Arabia's house. Now a bit of a tourist attraction. Well, in fact, quite a bit of a tourist attraction. Napoleon, I remember seeing some time ago. I remember thinking what a boring film it was and what a boring person Napoleon was. Little short man. Didn't do anything for me at all. But uh, he did buy nice jewellery. He did buy nice jewellery. There's also the... Good Lord, is this how much the Euro Millions is tonight? Oh, excuse me, you were wrong. Somebody said earlier on 85 million. 94 million pounds tonight. If I'm not here tomorrow, you know I've probably won the gadget competition or something like that, or I've bought... I do have tickets. Oh, wait a minute, I don't have any tickets for tonight. I've just realised I bought them for Friday. Oh, no! Do you think somebody's going to win tonight? Oh, oh, dear, I'm not sure. See, now what do I do? Now what do I do? Now do I have to... Oh, I don't know whether or not I've got to go and sort of buy some tickets for tonight. Be awful if my numbers win. And I come in tomorrow and go, well, I would have won had I bought a ticket. But, uh, but I didn't, so... Yeah, what do they say? Woulda, shoulda, coulda. So there you go. There's also a fantastic exhibition in town at the moment of Pompeii. Of Pompeii. And they've got um, some of the uh, the people who are frozen in time when the volcano erupted. They've got all sorts of great things. And uh, it should be... Uh, I've never been to Pompeii. A friend of mine went there. And I've never done the Rome trip going through all the sites in Rome. We've done the Colosseum, but when we got there, it was too late and it's boiling. Don't ever go to Rome in the summer. It's the worst place. But Pompeii, I should have gone to. There's loads of places I want to go. I want to go and see the the Terracotta Army. I want to see the... A friend of mine went to see the Terracotta Army and it's this huge, huge aircraft hangar where they've sort of dug out some of them and they've sort of dusted them off and they've got the horses and they've got the uh, things. I went to see the exhibition... At the British... Was it the British Museum? Yeah, British Museum. I went to see that. Which, I've been to see a number of things. And I'm going on Friday to go and see the David Bowie exhibition at the V&A. Uh, I don't need tickets. I'm a member of the V&A. I joined. And um, I don't think... No, you can't get... I think I could take somebody in, actually. I think... No, it's not you. Uh, sorry about that. No, no, we're still going to kill you, I think, a little bit later on. Uh, Dan says, uh, greatest bus driver. Somebody's not heard of Dan. Morning, Steve. Exactly. It's only because I know you. And uh, I've... I saw Peter, my friend, the other day. I was standing at... I must, I must have looked ridiculous. I waved at this friend of mine on the bus. <laughs> I do this quite a lot, actually. We do it to people from Iceland as well. That's the store, as opposed to the country. 
uh, Eric, we also, he, he waved at me the other week on the bus, and I, I saw this person waving wildly, looking a little bit like a windmill. And he said to me last time, he said, he said I was waving at you. I said, oh, right. And then I saw my friend Peter on the bus, and as I waved, I nearly knocked this poor woman over on the pavement. Felt a little bit guilty about the whole thing, only for about a second. Didn't feel that, uh, that guilty, I'm afraid. So, Dan, you are the greatest bus driver. Uh, do you believe the Egyptians built the pyramids, Steve, or was it the aliens? No, it was the Egyptians. Uh, it definitely was the Egyptians. I know that because we've seen the city that grew up next to it, uh, where they were feeding an army. There were thousands of people who built the pyramids. Not aliens at all, I'm afraid. Really not aliens, but, uh, but nice. Uh, Richard says, for me, there's never been anybody to touch Cliff Mitchellmore as a TV presenter. No, they were like looking at David Nixon as a magician. You know, a gentleman magician. You know, I'd just like to show you. He was just perfect. Absolutely perfect. You know, best sort of people. Uh, 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. And, uh, and Christopher says, I've, I found out over the weekend that I was catfished. Have you ever heard of catfished? I've never heard of it before. He says, I've been in a three-month online relationship with a girl in America, mostly on Facebook and on the phone. She said she was 21, beautiful model, worked all over the world. Turns out she's, in fact, 37, three kids, lives in Manchester. She stole her Facebook pics from her neighbour's oldest daughter and even asked me for 700 quid for new modelling headshots. She wasn't even a model. I said no, did some snooping and found out she was a fake. Happens all the time, I'm afraid. Happens all the time. You've got to be very, very careful when you go online. A lot of people are not what they seem. And once they start asking for money, the warning sign should be there. The bell should be ringing. Apparently the word catfishing comes from a, a documentary that was made. Apparently very, very good. We haven't seen it, but somebody said it was very good, and so that's where it comes from. And it's where people online get fooled by other people. So you must be careful. When you go online and somebody says, I'm this and that, even on Facebook, the chances are they're not. You know, the chances are they're actually telling lies, because some people live in this barking mad world, I'm afraid. And, uh, and they're sad and lonely. I just call them trolls. Call them trolls. That's why when we had the one a short while ago called James O'Brien, nothing to do with our one, quite clearly. But uh, that boxer threatened to go around there and do him over. It's amazing how quickly he uh, sort of recanted. Him. He said, oh, I'm so sorry, this and that. I thought, yeah. I wish the boxer had gone around there and done it. Make it so much easier. Throne of Blood is a world cinema classic, an adaptation of Macbeth by the Japanese director Kurosawa, says Kathy and the Elephant. Thank you. Colin in Glasgow says, why do blondes wear earmuffs? To avoid the draft. You know, nothing. Nothing between the ears. Woo, put earmuffs on. It's great. Um, How do you make a blonde laugh at a joke on Sunday? Says Dom. Tell her on the Friday. Okay, it's a good one as well. And uh, did you hear about the scarecrow, says Brian, who was outstanding? Who was awarded, sorry, he was uh, awarded the Nobel Prize for being outstanding in his field. I ruined the gag completely. I'm so sorry. I'm an idiot. I'm so sorry. I cannot tell a joke. I'm not just going to go and... throw myself out the window. I'm just really sorry about that. I was rubbish. You'd think at my age, 39, nearly, uh, you know, I could tell a joke, but I can't. I'm absolutely, I'm so sorry, Brian. <laughs> Marilyn and Mark are off to New York for Wrestlemania. What in God's name is that? Wrestlemania. Is that, is that one of those sort of strange things, Lindsay and Barnett? We will Google it. I watched somebody on the bus open a box of KFC, eat it, and then wipe her fingers on the seat. Oh, dear. 
That is the worst, I'm afraid. And Jane in Cheshire has been in the Great Pyramid. When you go to the burial chamber, your shoulders such the side as you're going in. Ooh, I'm very jealous. On FM, online and digital radio, London's biggest conversation. This is LBC 97.3. 4850. Tweet at LBC 973. This is London's biggest conversation with Steve Allen. Morning. Uh, the good news is that the, uh, the government are going to uh, stop immigrants coming to the country, going straight to the NHS and getting free treatment. As far as I'm concerned, you know, you, know it, it, you, don't, you can't do it in America. Why should you be allowed to do it here? People just turn up on an aeroplane, then they go, I'm ill, I'm on straight to a hospital. So they turn up and pitch up in A&E, and we give them all this life-saving treatment. It's just ridiculous. They shouldn't be allowed on the planes in the first place. However, a bit of warning, if you're leaving Cyprus, they're checking bags. If you've got more than £8,500 and you're trying to get out of the country, they're confiscating it. So be warned. Be warned. Officials at seaports and airports are under instructions to carry out searches to stop large amounts of money being smuggled out. And they've got dogs. And you know that you can train dogs to sniff out drugs and sniff out vegetables. You go to America, they sniff out vegetables. And also they have uh, money dogs. And they sniff out... How on earth do you sniff out money? I've got no idea. I mean, that's amazing. But anybody who has got more than £8,500 or €10,000 on them will have the money confiscated. So if you're going to do it, I mean, far be it from me to advise people how to take their own money out of a country. But presumably you'll have to split it, won't you, with other people. Don't take it all in one big bundle. I mean, it's just absolutely ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. But uh, the government are going to cut down on the health tourists, which, as far as I'm concerned, is brilliant. Why should these people, who paid nothing into the NHS, get free treatment? They just shouldn't. It's as simple as that. Nick Ferrari has talked about that on many an occasion. He's here at 7 o'clock this morning to talk about lots of things on the programme. We've got our gadget competition for today. And uh, having yesterday given to Ivy Harris, will you stop with my name? Will you stop with the name thing? She's now sort of, you know, locked the front door and turned all the lights off, I should imagine, in Elephant and Castle. And she identified... Uh, the baby donkey was called a foal yesterday, same as a horse. And she got the fabulous 3D Blu-ray home cinema system. Today, the prize for the gadget competition is a fantastic mini iPad. An iPad mini can be yours, ladies and gentlemen. An iPad mini, and all you have to do is answer this question correctly. What is the name for a baby elephant? To enter, text the word gadget, G A D. G-E-T, then your answer, and send it to 84850 before 6.30 this morning. So you've got about 20 minutes, 21 minutes. Text costs £1.50, plus your standard network rate. If you text after the closing time, you won't be entered, but you may still be charged. Full terms and conditions online at lbc.co.uk. How lovely to get your hands today. It could be your name I'm reading out tomorrow morning, who wins the Apple iPad Mini. It is the must-have gadget. It is the gadget you can take on holiday, the kids play with it, the adult, everybody plays with it. Even granny and granddad can play with this thing, and you will be as fascinated. I went out the other day and I bought another, uh, I bought another sat-nav, because I wanted a bigger screen. I wanted a really, really big screen, and uh, so I bought a TomTom. I like TomTom, I've always bought TomToms. I've, I've, I've had a Garmin before, but I like, I like the TomTom better. For some reason, I don't know why, I just, just happen to like it. Uh, Sarah says, I, I do love the joke about the blonde and the curtains, very funny. 
says, have you got any more? Oh, Lord, we don't want any more jokes about blondes. We have got hundreds, as you can well imagine. Looking forward to four blissful days off work at Easter. Richard and I will be listening, because I'm here over Easter, as you can well imagine. So many of you get Good Friday. So it's only a four-day week for many of you. So you get Good Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Bank Holiday Monday... I mean, that's four, you've got four days off, and if you can manage to sort of develop a cough and a cold, you can get the next day off as well. And, pff, can't come back in. Thank you. Fun fairs all over the place, which is good. Why did the blonde stare at the orange juice? Because it said concentrate on the side. Thank you. Do you remember the romantic singing duo, René and Renato? Yes, um, I think one of them died. I think he died, actually. Um, do you think they're about to make a comeback with Save All Your Money For Me? Well, actually, if you're thinking about Save All Your Kisses For Me, that was Brotherhood of Man, so you've got it wrong completely, which is even worse. Uh, I saw Dr. No, cost £5. Went, uh, I went to see Dr. Shivago, it cost £10. I said, why is it more money? Is he a specialist? The old ones are the best, aren't they? It's not, it's not getting any better, I'm afraid. And uh, £19 million, they reckon, for Nick. They reckon he's sold for 19 this app. 19, either way... He's only 17. Hello, your bank account's just... You imagine the bank manager going, well, I'd like to have word about your overdraft. How much? 19 million. I'm buying the bank. OK. He's, he's going to save it, is he? Oh, right. He's going to save... I think so, too. What would you spend 19 million on? Oh, all of a sudden, there's going to be girls crawling out the woodwork who want to go out with Nick. They're going to be going, good-looking boy. Look, like, like to go out. Hello. Like, look, I'm... Do you think that girl on the front of the sun might approach him? <gasps> be very afraid. Be very afraid. A policeman reported his son for fraud after he ran up a bill of £3,700. He was one of these people connected in to... You know, he was, he was sort of playing a game on his, uh, on his tablet and he kept doing add-ons for free games, but he kept being charged. It's like there's a woman had her phone pinched and somebody ran up on internet conferencing £21,000. When she came to sort of connect up again, they went, it's, it's £21,000. And she went, you're joking. And they went, no, somebody's been using it for conferencing. I mean, luckily they've said that they will waive all the, all the charges, which is good. Uh, apparently, Kirk Norcross of The Only Way's Essex fame is threatening to reveal all about life on the show in a book. I think people should know the truth. It's an epic tale. I think I'd be very careful. Their lawyers will be watching you very carefully. You've already had your ru- knuckles wrapped once, sonny boy. I'd be very, very careful because uh, you're entering dangerous territory. You start saying, I'm going to tell you the truth about something, their lawyers are going to be watching you. You'll, you'll be bound by a gagging order, I would have thought. They're not going to have anybody... I mean, let's face it, nobody else's book has sold on that programme at all. Uh, Louis Walsh has been telling... Uh, he's got a new wig, apparently. I don't why do people say... I wish he'd leave himself alone. He looked fine as he was. Now he's been Botoxed and his teeth done and new funny hair. He doesn't need any of it. But he says... Um, He's been doing the X Factor for ten years and he's back on it again. I think because he's just there. He doesn't really contribute very much to it. He can't pick winning winning teams, but it doesn't matter. Uh, the much-hyped Coronation Street musical will not be returning. Only lasted two nights. Paul O'Grady has uh, given up. And apparently Red or Black has been put on ice for the foreseeable future by ITV. That was that dreadful Anton Deck show. It really was awful. It had all sorts of all sorts of problems. Not so good, I'm afraid. But there again, you know, they're looking for something simple. And I've said time and time again, can we bring back Noel's house party? 
Can we bring back Noel's house party? A good piece of family entertainment. A good, fun show with lots of nice celebrities. We don't want anybody from the Only Wears Essex. They're not, they're not celebrities. We don't want any, any failures from the X Factor like James Arthur or Ryland. We don't want any of those sort of people. We just want some nice people from, from shows. That's all we want. I don't care. I don't care about anybody else at all, I'm afraid. And uh, Nick says, I took a look at that so-called wannabe model in The Sun. She's on the front page this morning. This is the girl who's spent £5,000. Well, she's not. The NHS has given her £5,000 worth of new bosom because apparently she was very upset. She can't be a glamour model. And uh, and I'm thinking, well, I'd, there's a few things I'd like, you know, a bit more of. Thank you very much indeed. But uh, she's got it, whereas the NHS are really, really struggling. And you have some vacuous old bag like her. who's not even attractive enough. And he says she's even worse than you described. She looks like one of those composite identikit pictures that the police use. And everything is there, but it doesn't quite go together. The mouth looks like it's been transported from a truck driver. She's definitely page three material. Page three of The Lancet, he says, which is the medical uh, publication. <laughs> she could hardly be bosom buddies with Katie Price with her two new paid-for editions. She thinks she could be the new Chesty Morgan. She used to kill her victims by suffocating them with her humongous bosom. That's about the only work she's likely to get. Oh, she's not attractive enough to get anything. And that's the, that's the sad thing. We've wasted, as far as I'm concerned, I couldn't care less whether it makes her, gives her more self-esteem. We've wasted £5,000. It's ridiculous. LBC Allen. I love the idea that uh, Napoleon's ring has sold for £660,000. Very excited by that one. And, um... And yesterday, apparently, well, even when Duncan was talking about this story, I kept thinking, I wonder how many times people pray. Because four out of five British adults believe in the power of prayer, according to a survey in the run-up to Easter. This is about the only concession that they'll ever make that Easter has got anything to do with religion. Ask any of the kids and they go, it's Easter eggs, isn't it? You go, no, it's a bit more than chocolate. They go, two chocolate? No, you go, no, because chocolate's really good for you. Apparently it's an aphrodisiac. They've done a piece in one of the papers today on just how good chocolate is. And how it's good for all sorts of things. So for all you people addicted to chocolate this morning, good for you. I think Easter eggs have gone up in price. I'm quite surprised at how expensive they are for just a, a pretty box with a rather naff piece of chocolate inside. If you want to buy a chocolate bar, buy a chocolate bar. Nick Ferrari with breakfast from seven this morning. As a crucial vote on secret courts reaches the House of Lords, Nick will want to know if it's a threat to our democracy, as its opponents claim. Plus, the inquest has concluded that a man who died in jail after being imprisoned for stealing gingerbread in the Croydon riots, the coroner has called his death at Wandsworth Prison a shambles. His foster mother will be giving us her reaction. And a landscape of lies, the film at the centre of a complex tax fraud. The producers were jailed... Yesterday, Nick will be joined by the writer and director who was duped as part of the scam. I think Andrea McLean was duped. Uh, I think Mark Bannerman, who years ago was in EastEnders, I think he was Jan, Gianni Marco or something, or Marco Gianni or Gianni somebody. And uh, his, his mother used to run the, uh, the corner cafe restaurant thing. Uh, and Nick will be talking to the London schoolboy who's now about £20 million richer because he sold his app to Yahoo in a big buck steal. I mean, that is just the story of the day, isn't it? It's just so good. I mean, yeah, I mean, he's 17. I mean, the producer's interested already. Oh, it's nothing to do with the money. I promise you, really, she's not motivated by money at all. Much. Uh, Looking at the papers today, Gillian Joseph, the Sky News presenter, will be in the studio. You've got nine minutes left to go for today's All Singing, All Dancing, Apple iPad Mini. I don't need to tell you how good this is. I don't need to tell you just just what a super piece of kit it is. 
I don't need to tell you just how you'll be the envy of all your friends. You can sit on the train, you can read books on it, you can do all sorts of stuff. It's got Wi-Fi, it's got everything. And it's compact, you can pop it in an inside pocket. It fits in, it'll fit in your handbag, it'll fit just about everywhere. Because yesterday, Ivy Harris, will you stop with the Ivy Harris thing? She's now deeply embarrassed in Elephant and Castle because she won herself yesterday the 3D Blu-ray home cinema system. It'll come in so many boxes, she'll think that Christmas has arrived. Today, the iPad Mini, very small, very small, very neat. Somebody can win it at 6.30, which is when this competition finishes. And you have to know the answer to this question. OK, what is the name for a baby elephant? What is the name for a baby elephant? You text the word gadget, G-A-D-G-E-T, followed by your answer, and send it to 84850 before 6.30. So you've got about six minutes just to err on the side of caution. I don't want you to sort of text it in if it's going to take you just after, because the computer will close off at that time. So what is the name for a baby elephant? You text the word gadget... Then your answer, gadget G-A-D-G-E-T. Then your answer, and send that to 84850. Uh, Got to be before 6.30. Don't leave it till after. Do it now. Text costs pound fifty plus your standard network rate. If you text after the closing time, you won't be entered, but you may still be charged. Full terms and conditions online at lbc.co.uk. Fingers crossed. It's your name. I'm reading out tomorrow morning on the programme. Uh, 84850. Strangely enough, says Chris in Rygate, why, oh, why is this country so stupid? We have the most brilliant, bravest rescue pilots and RAF and RN personnel, yet we outsource the rescue to an American company. Madness. Madness. Yes, I don't understand why we're outsourcing to an American company. I mean, presumably an American company, but we'll still keep the same people doing it. I'm hoping so. Uh, 84850. Dan, thank you very much indeed. Enjoy your sleep. He's had a long night and he now needs to uh, to sleep. Uh, Jackie says, uh, your fellow presenter Nick Ferrari is uh, is great on the radio and he always looks glowing on television. So we can have the Nick and Titchmarsh show next. Best wishes to Paul Dad's Bill and Karen, who has her birthday this week. Wishes she was still 39. Oh, I know. Many of you are quite jealous of the fact that I'm still clinging on to the fact. Uh, since you're such a big Real Housewives fan, says Cassie, I highly recommend The Real Housewives of Atlanta. I think I've seen it. I think I've seen it. Some of them are quite, as with all these people, some of them are absolutely dreadful. <laughs> they're so, they're such dreadful people. You know, I don't really care what houses they live in. I'm not, I'm not particularly Im- impressed with stuff like that. I'm just, I'm just always, my jaw is on the floor when I watch these programmes, thinking how, how awful they are. Uh, Kevin the Milkman says, I've just seen the so-called page three girl, Steve. Maybe the £10 she'll get for the photo shoot from Razzle magazine could go to the NHS. It is true. Max says, Camelot should introduce a new rule for anybody who wins over £10 million on the lottery. You're not allowed to carry on working and say it's not going to change me if that's the case. If that's the case, the prize should go to charity and you carry on not being changed for free. Yes, that used to be Mike, Mike Dickens' argument. He used, to, he used to get really annoyed with people who won the lottery and they'd go, it's not going to change me. you think, well, what did you do it for? The whole idea of entering the lottery for tonight is the fact that you can win 95 million. I've rehearsed my speech already because, you know, if I came in tomorrow and said I won 95 million, somebody would say to me, don't you feel guilty? I go, no, I entered a competition where the prize was 95 million. If I entered a competition where the prize was a box of chocolates, I'd be a little bit mortified if they offered a dime bar. No, I've entered a competition 
for a box of chocolates. So if you enter the lottery and the prize is... They, they don't say, and you can win £2.62. They say you can win £95 million. That's what I would want to win. That's why I would be going in for the competition. If I'm going to buy a ticket for the National Lottery tonight and I stand as much chance as the next person of winning it and I win it and come in tomorrow, there's going to be... Oh, the begging letters are going to be awful. But I shall carry on sending them. I'm not proud. I just worry about people who get so jealous and people have said, oh, it's too much money to win. Far too much money to win. You go, no, because that was the prize in the... Com- if the prize was only, you know, three and sixpence halfpenny, and I won it, I said, that's the prize I've won. If I choose to enter the Euro Millions tonight, it's 95 million, and I walk away with 95 million tomorrow, well, whoopee-doo for me. Sad for everybody else, but I've got your money. Which, of course, would, would prompt, I should imagine, quite a bit of dreadful emails and things like that, saying, you should give it all to charity. You go, no, Why? I should certainly do my bit for charity. I don't inquire how much you give to charity. Why should I have to tell people? And the answer is you don't. You don't need to worry about anything like that at all. Um, Mark the bailiff is off out this morning. I wouldn't fancy your job in this. Oh, it was so cold yesterday. Oh, it was so cold. I don't want to moan about it because there's people in the country who have, um, you know, much, much worse weather conditions than we have down here. We sort of struggle through with it. So it gets a little bit cold. We just have to put up with it. Put on thicker Thicker shops. Apparently you can get One Direction Easter eggs. Dear. Well, they've got the new Christian. Oh, that was a bit interesting. That's somebody talking in my ear. Did you hear that as well? That entertain- Oh, lovely. Um, did you hear that as well, sis? Yeah, I, I thought so, yes. I thought I had tinnitus, strangely. You know, for a minute I thought, good Lord, it's tinnitus. But then when Susan smiled, I thought, obviously not. Both of us have got it. It's obviously one of those contagious things very, very quickly. Anyway, listen, we're just about... For- You've got literally... About a minute and a half to get your entries in for the gadget competition to get yourself the Apple iPad Mini. I hope it's you. Yes, you. hope it's you. Yesterday it was Ivy Harris. Will you stop with the Ivy Harris things? Poor old Ivy Harris. She'd never had so much fame. But uh, tomorrow it could be you that we mention on the programme as winning the Apple iPad Mini. What do they call a baby elephant? Text the word gadget, G-A-D-G-E-T, followed by the answer to 84850. Before 6.30, so you've got to do it quickly. Text costs pound fifty plus your standard network rate. If you text after the closing time, you won't be entered, but you may still be charged. Full terms and conditions online at lbc.co.uk. We'll have a free podcast for you up by 7 o'clock this morning. We're going to talk to James Martin. We've got Rufus Sewell coming in for In Conversation. And then I'm going to go and get a new battery put in the car. I shall need, I should imagine, to... Um, to win about 95 million on the lottery tonight just to pay for it. I've got no idea how much a new battery is. I think they're about 200 pounds or something like that. Seems a lot, doesn't it, really? Doesn't seem to be too much to them. Have a lovely day. Wrap up warm. Nick and the team with you and that very rich teenager. Good catch. I bet his parents are going. We're going to vet every girlfriend, including anybody that comes from Steve Allen's programme, because he's worth about 20 plus million pounds. Have a great day. Nick and the team with you at 7. Next on LBC 97.3, the morning news with Susan Bookbinder. LBC. 97.3